Hey there, everyone. Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com. This is the Ready For The Draft podcast, post-combine edition. We got to see over 300 players work out in Indianapolis, but I think the player that everyone's been talking about is Kyler Murray. Where is Kyler Murray going to go in the draft? Is he going to be the number one overall selection? Is there going to be another team that possibly trades into that number one overall selection to take Kyler Murray? A lot of speculation around the combine. I think everybody at the combine left. Everyone's been reporting that Kyler Murray likely going to be the number one overall pick. I've kind of changed my tune with that pick as well. I've I initially said I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. But look, when you're looking at at Cliff Kingsbury's offense, that spread type offense, and you look at Josh Rosen, I don't know that that's the right fit for Josh Rosen. Now, Josh Rosen, to me, I think would excel in more of a West Coast style of offense than a spread like Cliff Kingsbury. Look, Cliff Kingsbury knows a lot about Kyler Murray, recruited him out of high school there in the state of Texas, got to see him there when he played at Oklahoma, uh, coaching for Texas Tech, said in October that he would take Kyler Murray number one overall if he had the choice, and uh, little did he know that just a few months later he'd be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals with the chance to take Kyler Murray number one overall. But Kyler Murray, his skill set plays well into what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. Uh, you know, I, I think that ability to to escape the pocket, you see what Patrick Mahomes is able to do uh, playing really outside of the pocket and uh, being able to make throws on the move. You see that out of Kyler Murray and uh, Josh Rosen's more of a pocket passer. So if Kyler Murray goes number one overall, obviously Arizona is going to be looking to deal Josh Rosen. Where does Josh Rosen go? You know, there are some teams that are looking for quarterbacks. I think the first team that if you're looking at the top 10, top 15 picks, I think there's a team in the New York football giants who could very well uh, look for a quarterback here. You know, I think what makes the most sense is Dwayne Haskins, although I think they may may take a look at, at Josh Rosen before they ultimately decide to pass on Rosen and go with Haskins in the draft. I could see the Giants actually trading up, possibly with the, the Jets there at number three, to ensure that they get Dwayne Haskins. So if the Giants are out, then you look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's already pretty much said that they're going to be signing Nick Foles when free agency begins uh, on Wednesday. So they're out. You know, When you look at, at Jacksonville, you know Tom Coughlin... He's looking for a quarterback, a prototypical size to a quarterback, and Nick Foles fits the bill. I don't think Kyler Murray was going to be the right fit there anyway. Denver. Denver is a possibility. You look at, at Joe Flacco and and his his career, you know, there's a possibility that Denver could be the landing spot, although I, I see Denver more likely going for a guy like Drew Locke in the draft. I think even though Flacco was drafted to bring him in right away, I think Drew Locke is going to ultimately be their quarterback of the future. Then you have the Redskins. Redskins, obviously Alex Smith with the the, the devastating injury and, and the slow rehab process, the infection and everything else. Is he going to be able to, to make it back? He'll be out for the 2019 season, so you really want to see uh, what type of recovery he's going to have over $90 million tied up there with Alex Smith. Colt McCoy has every chance to be the, the starter, and then they also traded for, for Case Keenum 
I don't see that happening. I don't see them trading for Josh Rosen as well. Another you know team that's trading for a quarterback just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. What about Miami, the Dolphins? That, to me, actually makes the most sense. Ryan Tannehill's pretty much done uh, in Miami. I think his days are done there. And uh, they need to find a quarterback. Brian Flores coming in as the head coach. You really want to use that that first-round pick, number 13 overall, on the defensive side of the football. And uh, you, know, you really want to shore up that quarterback position if you can uh, before you get to the draft. And I think Josh Rosen would make the most sense there with Miami. The question is going to be, what are you going to uh, get in return for a guy like like Josh Rosen? I don't know if, if you're going to be able to get that number 13 overall pick from Miami, um, but in you know in the event that you are looking to take Kyler Murray, you do have that that tradable asset, and so that's going to be a big question mark. You know what's going to happen there? Um, you know Arizona absolutely needs all the the draft picks they can get, so you could see them packaging. You know, getting a package deal uh, of picks, possibly not even a, a first-round pick this year, possibly a 2020 first-round pick. Probably that uh, that second-round pick would probably make a lot of sense there. Um, you know, in a trade for Josh Rosen. So, that's really you know some of the things that you can expect with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, another you know really it was it was after the combine was already complete, but uh, Antonio Brown. You know, Antonio Brown getting traded from from the Steelers to the Raiders uh, for just a third third round pick and a fifth round pick. At the end of the day, you know, if you look at it, John, uh, John Gruden trades away Amari Cooper, gets a first round pick in the you know in the deal, and ultimately turns everything into Antonio Brown. Um, so when you think about that, you think about what they've been able to do at the wide receiver position. You know, the Raiders with their three first round picks. You know the, the the next free agent acquisition potentially could be Le'Veon Bell. You know I, I think that's potentially what you could see there with the Raiders. Um, you know Derek Carr is he the future you know future quarterback? Could you see them make a play for Kyler Murray? Could you see them go after Drew Locke potentially there at number four? I think number four for me for the Raiders, you're looking at an edge rusher Josh Allen. We'll talk about uh, what we saw in the combine. Um, but I think Josh Allen would be a, a great pick for them at number four. And then you're looking at those other two picks, the 24th and 27th picks overall, potentially a running back. You know, if you don't get Le'Veon Bell, if you do get Le'Veon Bell and a wide receiver, uh, you know, in, in Antonio Brown, you know, two of the top in their position, then you can focus on potentially a tight end, Noah Fant. At the end of round one, you could also go with a cornerback. Um, you know, the corners, I, I got a chance to finally get through all of the, the combine uh, footage. And, you know, the combine, you know, the, the corners really were underwhelming overall. You know, I think Byron Murphy, to me, has kind of solidified himself as the number one overall corner. So, you know, would they go a guy like DeAndre Baker? Do they go Greedy Williams, um, who I thought looked kind of sloppy? And, and you know that that's going to be a big question mark, um, you know, with that that second uh, or that I'm sorry that third first round pick. I could see them potentially packaging and, and moving up into the draft to ensure that they get the guy that they want. So, combine first day started on on Friday, and uh, you know we started with the offensive line and. And when, you, when you watch the offensive linemen, there were four offensive linemen that ran sub 540s. 
you know, with you know three of those four being uh, interior linemen, Eric McCoy and Garrett Bradbury, both centers, and uh, Chris Lindstrom, who's a uh, played some time at, at tackle for Boston College, but he's going to be a guard at the next level. And then Andre Dillard, um, who's clearly the the best um, pass protector in the league. And when you look at that, you know, those are all guys that I think are going to be coming off the board in the first two rounds. I think Dillard solidified himself as a top 15, top 20 pick. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, to me, it makes a ton of sense when you look at this guy. Uh, 49240 bench press 34 um, you know uh, 30, 34 reps at you know of, of 225 pounds 31 inch vertical leap you know this is a guy you know 7.41 uh, three cone drill um, which was you know when you look at the the offensive lineman you know that's uh, that's the fastest of all the offensive linemen even besting uh, Andre Dillard so in terms of, of being an athlete this is the guy. And, you know, Ryan Khalil, you saw what he meant to that offensive line. He's now retired, you know, to have a chance to get another center. You know, I think Carolina has to be looking at Garrett Bradbury. If you're talking about Frank Ragnow and Billy Price as first-round picks, I think Garrett Bradbury, um, you know, the Remington Award winner, um, you know, you put on the game film and you just see the reach blocks, you know, just effortless, you know, and you can sell, tell with the athleticism, he's a converted tight end, 6'3", 306 pounds measured at the combine. Uh, to me, I, I think he should be uh, the number 16 overall pick. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, when you talk about the bench press, um, you know, some of the stronger guys there, uh, a lot of the interior linemen, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, Opita at a, at a West, uh, Weber state, you know, six, four, 301 pounds. I thought he looked really good. Five Oh two forty moved pretty well as well. Um, you know, I think he's a guy who could probably be a, a decent interior lineman. Um, you know, Phil Haynes out of wake forest, four year starter. Um, you know, another guy that, that stood out, uh, Yadni could just, um, to me, um, is a guy that, you know, just, Looks like he's probably going to be more like a fourth, fourth round pick or so. You know, I think a lot of stiffness, you know, and just really some sloppy technique. He's going to have to get that uh, short up just a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, Eric McCoy, you know, another guy who who showed out really well, 33 inch arms. So he's got some decent length to him and, you know, put up 225, 29 times. Another uh, very athletic center could see his way into the first round, more than likely going to be a second round pick when it's all said and done. Um, you know, but I, I when I look at the drills, um, I, I thought that. Um, let's see, you know, Ryan Bates, I thought didn't, you know, looked pretty good. Um, you know, one, one, seven, uh, 10 yards split in the 40, uh, played left and right tackle, uh, started 34, 37 games there for Penn, uh, Penn state, you know, stayed pretty low with a wide base, you know, did decent, a uh, decent job in the, in the mirror drill. I think he, he, he has a chance to be, uh, um, to be a tackle at the next level, but 6'4", 306, 32 inch arms. I think those the arm length is really what has to worry you a little bit. Um, I think he's ultimately going to kick inside to guard. Um, you know, just looking at it going out in alphabetical order here. You know, with that first group. Um, you know, I thought Nate Davis. You know, with with decent hip bend. Um, you know, he started 37 games there at uh, at Charlotte. Um, I thought he had good feet. Stayed low in the mirror drill. Um, you know, Michael Dieter is going to be another guy um, who, you know, is going to 
see the act, see the field and, and then start very early in his career. Very good laterally. Um, started all 54 games for the Badgers. I think he's a, a second or third round pick. Played left tackle some there for uh, the Badgers, then kicked inside to guard, and I think that's going to be his home at the next level. Um, you know, obviously, we, we talked about Dillard, just how fluid he is. One sack in 722 pass snaps, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. This is a kid who it, it just it looks so effortless. You know, that kick slide was just so smooth. Um, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, the, it, it, what you saw in the game film was really what you saw there uh, at the Combine. You know, I thought Cody Ford looked pretty light on his feet. Um, they also showed a, snap, a stat there, one sack and 441 pass snaps. Um, very physical at the point of attack, you know, that you saw in the game film. And you really saw the pop, um, you know, the pads. You could hear him hitting the pads uh, in a lot of those drills. Decent feet there in the mirror drill as well. Um, you know, I thought he does a really good job when he squares up his man. And uh, you could really see that there at the at the combine. Um Let's see who else kind of stood out for me. Um, you know, Derwin Gray, you know, a guy who you know played tackle at Maryland. I thought he, he showed some stiffness in his hips, um, was leaning a bit, you know, on the mirror drill as well. So, you know, I, I think Derwin Gray is a guy who's probably going to kick inside to guard. Um, you know, Nate Herbig, um, you know, decent decent job in the mirror drill. You know, he's a guy who I thought got beat up a little bit in terms of, of handling speed rushes. Um, Jerry Tillery, uh, he, he couldn't block Jerry Tillery, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, t- uh, let's see, Titus Howard um, out of Alabama State. Um, you know, left and right tackle there for uh, for them. First team all swack. Um, really good job pulling getting out and, and, and pulling. I thought he showed some athleticism there. Um, 34 starts in his career. Um, so I thought he definitely helped himself as well. Um, let's see, you know, Tyler Jones, you know, played, you know, both sides of the ball, left and right tackle, also left guard, um, decent lee bend, you know, but one of the things that you really saw with him was, you know, he, you know, well, he has a lot of, a lot of experience, 45 starts in his career, but, uh, he was one of those guys that was getting a lot of the drills messed up. And so they, they really had to kind of coach him and continue to coach him there throughout the drill. So I know that that has to be something that the scouts uh, kind of gets on their nerves a little bit. Um, you know, Mike Jordan um, played center, you know, also played guard. I think he has the length to be a tackle. Um, 41 starts, you know, I thought his hands got outside a little bit on some of the drills. Pad level would kind of rise up a little bit. Um, but uh, I thought he had good feet in the mirror drill. Uh, we talked about Chris Lindstrom earlier on, um, you know, very tight uh, turn um, as he's pulling um, really good, good hips, stays low in the, in the mirror drill. I thought he looked really good. Um, you know, Greg Little, now here's a guy, you know, 184 in the um, 10 yard split, ran a, let's see, a 5-3-3-40, not the, not the quickest um, that you'll expect, you know, one sack and 466 pass snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, um, pops, pops up, um, out of his stance a little bit, um, you know, some hip stiffness as well. His feet seem to be, uh, you know, inconsistent at times, a high pad level. To me, I thought Greg Little at the end of the combine 
really, um, you know, I saw him drop into the, into the second round range. Um, you know, I just, I didn't see enough athleticism out of him. He's got really good length, you know, and that's one of the things that you really have to, you know, that you're looking for in those left tackles. Um, you know, 35 and a, and a quarter inch arms at six, five and 310 pounds definitely looks the part, but you know, that's definitely something that also has to be a, a huge concern in terms of that stiffness. Uh, I mentioned Eric McCoy, a one seven, two, uh, 10 yard split when, uh, he, he got out and, um, ultimately ran the fastest 40 time a four, eight, nine, um, you know, just very athletic. You know, he was something that, you know, I, I've been talking about in the last few weeks of the, of my podcast, just a guy who's just very athletic, uh, Caleb McGarry, another guy who pops up out of his stance, gets a little bit too high, opens up too early. Um, uh, but I, I look at him. And I see a lot of, of Rob Havenstein, you know, six seven, three hundred seventeen pounds, and uh, very physical. Wants to maul you at the point of attack, uh, much like Rob Havenstein. Rob Havenstein was definitely a right tackle um, when he was coming out of Wisconsin, and, and you really knew what you were going to get. You're, you knew that this guy was going to be a stud in the run game, um, going to be very physical. But you know, one of the question marks was going to be what he was going to do at. Uh, you know, at the next level, especially versus the pass. And uh, this is a kid who ultimately was the 57th overall pick in the 2015 draft and ultimately developed into a pretty decent tackle overall. Um, and I, I see Caleb McGarry kind of being uh, you know, a similar player to that. Let's see, what else do we have from the, the tackle position? Um, you know, really, a- after that... You know, if we want to talk Jonah Williams, you know, I, I thought Jonah Williams, um, you know, good ankle flexion. You know, you saw that out of him. Zero sacks at 466 pass uh, snaps, according to Pro Football Focus. Just very smooth. Look, this guy's a technician. 44 starts. You know, he, he's uh, just smooth with his hips, able to uh, explode out of his stance. And, uh, you know, he's somebody to me. I still have him as my top tackle. I know a lot of people like Jawan Taylor, but uh, to me, uh, Jonah Williams absolutely can play uh, left tackle um, at uh, at the next level. And uh, if you look at him, you know, 33 and 5 eighths arms, um, you know, I, I think he has enough length there to ultimately um, be a, a left tackle. Ran a 5-1-2-40. Uh, to me, I, I think Jonah Williams definitely... Uh, solidified his status as one of the top tackles in the draft. Uh, Jawan Taylor, another guy who I thought um, solidified himself, 6'5", 312 pounds, um, you know, 35 and in in a, in an eighth-inch arms. Didn't run the 40 at the combine, but, you know, here was the thing. You know, when you talk about power, this guy was just so powerful, especially on the drive block. Um, you know, you could hear his hands popping, you know, popping the pads. Um, you know, very good on his kick slide as well. Um, stayed down in the mirror drill. I think uh, Jawan Taylor, um, I'm looking at Jacksonville, and I could see him pairing up with Cam Robinson. That makes a ton of sense to me, um, you know, especially with Nick Foles coming in. You give him some protection up front, and then, uh, you know, see if you can find some additional targets and weapons for him um, in, uh, in rounds two and three. And then uh, another guy to mention, and, and uh, you know, I thought Dalton Reisner in the drills 
um, you know, really rolling his hips into the blocks. You know, I thought he did a really good job there. You know, started all 49 games at, uh, at Kansas State. Really stays low in his in his stance. Very good hips, especially in the mirror drill. I thought he looked really good. But uh, the other guy I was going to mention is Max Sharping. This is a guy who does very well. You know, 52 starts, by the way. Um, but you know, I think he's a technician. I think he's a guy who does very well versus speed. Um, only three pressures given up, um, and you know, just gave up the one sack to AJ Epinesa, um, you know, who's an elite pass rusher. You know, he 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 struggles a little bit. He he's needs to build up some of that lower body strength. I think he struggled a little bit with bull rush, some of that power. Um, you know, so he's he's more of a finesse guy and a technician right now. But if he can build up that lower body strength, I think he's going to be a starter at the next level for a while. Um, so those were some of the guys that I kept an eye on. You know, one more guy is, is Drew Samia out of Oklahoma. Um, very good with his with his drive blocking. Yes, he was a little stiff in the hips, um, but actually was really good in the mirror drill. I thought he you know kept his weight down and uh, moved very well uh, laterally. And, uh, you know, that's really what you want to see there out of your guards. Uh, he definitely helped himself. So that was the offensive line, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when I look at this group, if we were to talk about my top 10, um, you know, by position, and we talk about the offensive tackles, what really, you know, what happened with my offensive, uh, the offensive tackle position, I still have Jonah Williams at number one, uh, Jawan Taylor, number two, um, Andre Dillard at number three. And I, I still have to put Don, uh, Dalton Reisner there at number four. Um, after that, you know, things get a little, you know, I, I think there is a drop off. So I think teams are going to be taking tackles a lot higher in the draft. I've got Cody Ford playing guard uh, at the next level, so I don't have him factored in on the on this offensive tackle group. Um, you know, I, I think Caleb McGarry is in the in the mix there at number five. Um, you know, Greg Little, um, you know, Max Sharping, Yadni Kajust, possibly, you know, and, and David Edwards. You know, a lot of those guys are going to be battling right there for that number five spot. If we look at the guards, Cody Ford, obviously going to be number one there in my group. Um, I think Chris Lindstrom uh, moves up to number two. Um, Michael Dieter, and uh, you know, I thought Connor McGovern looked looked really good as well. Um, Drew Samia, I'm moving him up on my board. I think I'll put him at number five or number six. Uh, Bo Benshaw uh, is a guy, you know, he's 6'6", 317 pounds. If he can keep that pad level lower, um, I think he could be a lot more effective. You know, his pad level tends to creep up. He and Michael Jordan both, those taller guards on the inside, they struggle with that from time to time. Um, you know, Nate Davis, I thought, you know, did a lot to, to help himself as well. Um, we look at the centers. I think, you know, you got to go Bradbury, McCoy, and then uh, Elgin Jenkins, um, you know, I think he's got some versatility that, uh, that he shows off, um, after that, you know, Ross Pierschbacher, uh, Lamont Gilliard, um, you know, I think those are probably the, the top centers when you're looking at it, um, when it's all said and done. So that's the offensive line. And we really saw that on Friday, um, along with the running back group. Now the running backs, you know, we had, uh, 28 running backs, in the, the actual group, when we look at the, the 40 time, um, we had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight running backs run sub four, five forties. And, uh, you know, the number one in that group was Justice Hill, ran a four, four. And, and look, you know, Justice Hill, this is one of the weirdest, um, you know, weirdest things with him. You know, when I looked at at uh, Justice Hill coming out of Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I was really expecting to see a huge 
uh, game for him, or uh, I'm sorry, a huge um, season for him coming out, uh, you know, as a sophomore, following up off of a 1,400-yard season. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if Chuba Hubbard was really that good to split that as much time as he did, or if, if uh, you know, Justice Hill was injured and that uh, precluded him from from getting as, as many touches. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely running that 4-4. He's 5'10", five, five, 198 pounds, but could definitely be a change of pace type of guy. Um, you know, I, I thought Ryquel Armstead definitely helped himself. He's 220 pounds, ran a 4-4-5. Um, you know, and, and I think that's something that really, you know, speaks to to his athleticism. Um Let's see, you know, Daryl uh, Henderson, you know, 5'8", 208 pounds, ran a 4'4", 940, also put up, uh, you know, uh, 225, 22 times in the bench press, as did Ryquel Armstead. Um, you know, Mike Weber out of Ohio State, I was really surprised, you know, with his speed, ran a 4'4", 7. Um, Travis Homer, another guy who looked very f- smooth in, in his drills, uh, ran a 4.48. And then Miles Sanders, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, 211 pounds, 5.11, you know, ran a 4.49, very smooth, effortless guy, you know, in terms of his, his movement skills. Uh, and, and a lot of people are wondering why is he not being talked about as the number one running back in this draft class because of the way that he moves just so effortless, effortlessly, um, a lot of his transitions, um, and really the biggest thing is, is the ball security. He has 10 fumbles in his three years there for the Nittany Lions, so that has to be a you know cause for some concern. Um, and when we we look at uh, some of the more surprising uh, numbers, you know, Travion Williams, I was surprised at a 4.51, you know, quicker than fast, um, you know, 5.8, 206 pounds, you know, the um, you know he was that was kind of a surprise. You know, Damian Harris ran a 4.57, um, you know, that's about to be expected. Um, you know, I thought Miles Gaskin, you know, the, the four, five, eight, you know, at a five, nine, 205 pounds, I think he did himself any, any favors there. Um, let's see, David Montgomery and Devin Singletary, you know, four, six, three and four, 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 six, six, respectively. These are two guys that are, that are definitely quicker than fast guys who can, who can, uh, set you up and, and beat you laterally with the lateral quickness, um, you know, they're not going to be the game breakers, but they're definitely guys who can get yards, uh, definitely yards after contact guys who, um, you know, have that, uh, that lower body, you know, that, that balance there to, to run through contact. And, uh, you know, one guy who definitely hurt himself, I, I think in, in terms of, of the 40 time is, is Elijah Holyfield. He's got to get that 40 time cleaned up five ten, two hundred seventeen 217 pounds on a four, seven, eight. Um, you know, that's, just not going to get it done at the next level. Um, did put up uh, 225, 26 times, uh, which was eight fewer than the top guy, which was uh, Alex Barnes. You know, put it up 34 times. Now, Alex Barnes was a guy who was definitely interesting. Um, you know, he's he's six foot, 226 pounds, a big kid. Um, you know, 38 inch vertical leap. Um, you know, very fluid in uh in the drills you know a decent route runner um extended well for the for the football as a pass catcher as well you know this is a guy who when you look at at his stats um you know there at kansas state he had a big year uh coming out uh, after the junior season you know uh 1355 yards 12 touchdowns caught the ball 20 times um, you know, so he's a guy who's going to be interesting, you know, those mid mid rounds, uh, someone could get a, a sleeper there in, in Alex Barnes. So when we talk about running backs and we look at last year's draft class, just to, as a frame of reference, uh, Naeem Hines was the only one that broke uh four, four, ran a four, three, eight. Um, 
5898 pounds you know you look at him you look at justice hill you know you can see some um, you know some some comparisons there um you know you look at saquon barkley kalen balaj uh, both ran in the 4-4 you know balaj ran 4-4-6 barkley ran a 4-4 rashad penny at 5-11 220 pounds ran a 4-4-6 uh, Darius Geis at, at 224 pounds ran a 4.49. Nick Chubb right after that a 4.52. So when you're looking at some of these 40 times, um, you know just to put uh, put things into perspective just a little bit. Royce Freeman ran a 4.54. Um, and if we keep going down the list here, um, you know Ronald Jones struggled to get things going there for Tampa. Ran a 4.65, and uh, you know he's really struggled to get things going there at Tampa. So you know you have to ask if that's a coincidence. You know running that there at the at the combine. But uh, you know we look at this this running back class, and we look at the the drills. You know uh, Josh Jacobs, the number one running back, um, you know had a groin injury, so he had to sit out. Um, you know, Armstead, I thought, you know, he looked really good um, carrying the football throughout the day. Um, you know, Holyfield, I thought he looked a little clunky. Um, Travis Homer, very fluid. Um, you know, decent route running ability. You know, I thought Alexander Madison out of Boise State looked pretty fluid as well. Um, you know, Madison, you know, 5'11", 221 pounds, ran a 4'6", He's going to have to clean up that 40 time just a little bit because he's more of a straight-ahead runner. I don't think he's as elusive, uh, elusive laterally as, as a guy like uh, David Montgomery. You definitely saw the lateral agility, made a nice back shoulder catch, um, 100 missed tackles according to Pro Football Focus as well. So that's really a, you know, a big thing for him. Um, you know, I thought uh, Tony Pollard, definitely an upright runner, um, you know, really a one cut and go type of guy. And uh, to me, for him, ran a 4.52, not bad. Um, but uh, you know, when you talk about a guy like Naeem Hines, who was really effective out of the backfield in the passing game, um, you know, he ran a 4.38. So, you know, I, I think for Pollard, he's going to have to show that he can break uh, 4.5 um, if he's going to want to be a, a mid-round pick. I think right now he's probably going to end up being a later round uh, guy. I thought there was a good burst out of Miles Sanders. Um you know, again, Devin Singletary, the lateral agility, uh, 96 missed tackles, corner pro football focus, um, you know, tied for second there in, uh, in 2018. Um, LJ Scott didn't run the 40, um, but, you know, he's the pass protection guy, so I think he's going to make a roster just based on that, if nothing else. Uh, Travion Williams, I look, thought he looked really smooth in the drills, able to adjust um, to the football um, and, and as a pass catcher, I think that he's going to be doing a lot of that. Um, you know, another guy, James Williams, you know, I thought he was very smooth, tracks the ball very well, really good hands. You know, he played there at, um, Washington state, not the quickest guy, you know, in terms of, of the straight ahead speed, you know, another guy who's quicker than fast ran a four, five, eight, 40. Um, you know, when we look at this running back class and we look at, uh, at my top 10, you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, still going to be the number one guy. Um, we, we look at uh, Devin Singletary and David Montgomery, I think two and three. These are definitely guys that uh, are going to be um, considered there in the round two range, I would say, as is Miles Sanders. Look, if we can get him to hold on to the football, you know, don't turn into a Cleveland Gary type of running back. You know, if you remember Cleveland Gary, his second year in the league, 12 fumbles. You don't want to see that. I want to see Miles Sanders hold on to the football, but I think he's a guy that's going to probably be, you know, that number four running back off the board. Uh, 
Daryl Henderson and Travion Williams are guys that can catch the football out of the backfield. You know, your change of pace backs, guys that can, uh, you know, really show that that balance and, and the ability to run through contact. You know, then there's a question mark. Rodney Anderson. You know, how how is his knee? Is he going to to be able to to bounce back? A lot of the red flags there. You know, for me, Rodney Anderson and uh, Bryce Love out of Stanford. You know, the ankle injury, it just seemed like every time that he would get healthy, the ankle injury just reared its ugly head. And, uh, you know, those are definitely red flags for me. When you're looking at a guy who just can't stay healthy with that ankle, uh, Rodney Anderson, you know, uh, tore his knee up. Uh, well, you know, this past year in uh, his freshman year, broke his leg. Sophomore year, broke his neck before having a, a breakout season there in 2017 for the Sooners. His only year where he really stayed healthy. Um you know, but I still have to put him into my top ten just because of the fact that, um, you know, he, he if he can stay healthy, you know, he, the athleticism is is off the charts for for a guy like him. I think Damian Harris, uh, definitely a smooth running back, and then uh, obviously Justice Hill. You know, I had him in my top ten. I took him out. I got to move him back in. I had Tra- uh, Travis Homer in my top ten at one point as well, and uh, he's another guy who I think has has to go back into that top ten. Um, so you know, that's really what I'm looking at there at the running back position. Um, Josh Jacobs, I think, really right now though is going to be the only back that's going to be taken in uh, in round number one. But Singletary, Montgomery, um, for sure, uh, you know, possibly Miles Sanders, um, Henderson, Williams. And uh, possibly even Justice Hill could be taken in that two to four round range, um, you know, and, and obviously Damian Harris as well. So then we move on to Saturday. We take a look at the at the quarterback position. You know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends all uh, on the field for that day. And uh, you know, I, I think when you look at at the quarterback position. You know, Kyler Murray was the only one that didn't um, didn't run, didn't throw, um, re- really didn't get to to see a whole lot out of uh, out of Kyler. Um, you know, but he did. I think the biggest thing that that you saw was the fact that he did measure in over five ten. Um, you know, he's two hundred and seven pounds as well, so he actually put on uh, quite a bit of weight. I think he's playing around one hundred ninety, one hundred ninety five. So to come in at two hundred and seven pounds, definitely bulked up for the position. Um, he said that he is going to run at his at his pro day this week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can run um, in terms of a time. But uh, measuring in at five ten, you know, we see what Russell Wilson's been able to do at at five ten. Um, so you know, I think that was definitely a win for Kyler Murray. For the guys that were out on the field, um, I, I think Drew Locke was really the guy that kind of uh, you know stood out to me. Um, he and Dwayne Haskins, you know, Drew Locke, I think a little bit more athletic, you know, four six nine forty, um, you know, uh, the former basketball player, uh, really good zip on the ball. The ball just jumps off his hands, and uh, you could definitely see that. Um, you know, he. You know, reading my some of my notes, you know, some some good touch, you know, and and you see him changing the arm angle quite a bit, you know. It was you know a lot of the 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 three quarter uh, delivery, especially getting the ball out to the outside quickly. Um, you know, they showed an interesting stat there on NFL Network: uh, thirteen touchdowns, no interceptions, while in uh, you know um, play action. 
you know, and I thought that was definitely interesting. Uh, Pro Football Focus reported that, and uh, you know, that's one of the things that really lends to that athleticism and the being able to make plays out on the move. Um, I thought that Drew Locke really cleaned up a lot of his decision making and uh, the ball placement. Um, finally, making it over 60% completion percentage. Um, that's really a you know I, I think was a big win for him. Now Dwayne Haskins, to me, is still the number one quarterback in this draft class. Six three, 231 pounds. Ran a 504-40, but that's not really his game. He's going to be a guy that's going to be hanging out in the pocket, you know, a West Coast-style type of guy. The ball really jumps off of his hands, um, getting, uh, you know, I thought on the slants, put the ball right out in front of in front of the receivers, allowing them to get up the field. That's really one of the things that you saw on the slants and the crosses there at Ohio State, putting the ball where his receiver can catch it, not break stride and allow him to get up the field and make plays. Just really fluid um, with a lot of that. You know, I thought he was on the money on a lot of the outcuts, good timing on the in cuts, deep ball accuracy was definitely there, definitely on time um, on, on some of the curl routes as well. Um, you know, Pro Football Focus reporting 12 touchdowns, you know, in third down, so some of that third down efficiency. Um, you know, and, and the thing for me when I look at Dwayne Haskins. If you watch the game film early on in the season, especially you know if you put on the game against you know in their their loss there to Purdue, um, you know he he struggled mightily during some of those games. But I think if you put on game film, especially like the the Michigan game, he's going up against one of the top, if not the top, defense in the entire country, and uh, he just lit them up. Dwayne Haskins to me is is a legitimate pro prospect, and uh, you know. I, a lot of people talk about well he, he rushes his throws when he when he's under pressure. Um, I, I thought that you know we he cleaned up a lot and, and got a lot better as the season went on. He's a one year starter. I think the Giants would be a perfect place for him. Um, getting to play for for Pat Shermer, can, he can sit behind Eli, learn from him, learn from Shermer, and uh, you know ultimately when Eli decides to hang it up, Haskins can take over the reins you know it's a situation that I think is perfect for him because he may not be a guy who's going to start day one and that's okay you know you can clean up some of those things um you know the some of the footwork especially when he would get under pressure a little bit he'd rush some of his throws but again I thought that he got a lot better as the season progressed and uh you know you want to talk about a guy who was a killer I mean 50 touchdown passes and uh the completion percentage very efficient quarterback um, so Dwayne Haskins, to me, you know, I, I think he had definitely helped himself as well. I think Haskins, Drew Locke, uh, and, and Kyler Murray, definitely the top three quarterbacks when it's all said and done in this draft class. After that, you know, that's really where the question marks become you know, or start, you know, really start showing up. You know, you've got Daniel Jones, you know, you got Ryan Finley. You know, Finley was a guy that I kind of moved down in my my board just because, you know, he was a guy that I really liked because of his efficiency, uh, the ball placement, uh, some of the anticipation, but the arm strength really bothers me. Um, but the more I watch him, you know, the, the the easy delivery, the timing, you know, sometimes, you know, some of those throws, um, you know, that he makes, you know, outside the numbers aren't always on, on the money. I thought he really got beat up there against Clemson. Um, but, you know, to me, Ryan Finley is a guy who could be in, in, in contention for that, that number four quarterback spot. Um, you know, where's that going to be coming off the board? You know, I, I think it's probably in that round three range. I don't know that it's definitely going to be a, a round two guy. Um, I think Daniel Jones may be that round two guy, um, you know, possibly even sneak into the late round one, uh, just because of his, his, uh, 
ties to David Cutcliffe. I think as the season progressed, you know, he was a guy that um, definitely, you know, put on a show, um, especially in the bowl game. Um, I thought he looked really good, you know, some timing on the slants, um, you know, but, you know, some of the end cuts, you know, the ball placement, putting the ball behind the receiver a little bit. You kind of saw a little bit of a crow hop on the deep ball to really, you know, while it was accurate, you know, he really had to put a lot into it to to make that throw. So it's questionable with the arm strength a little bit. So that's really the concerns that you have there between Finley and, and Jones is what type of arm strength are you really dealing with with these guys? But they're definitely very efficient, um, you know, really in that short to intermediate passing game. They work really well. You know, the question is, is whether or not they can take a, you know, take the top off of a defense. Um, I thought Will Greer, um, natural delivery, but he just, you know, the timing just seemed to be off with a lot of the receivers, the end cuts, uh, poor timing on a lot of his five-step drops, um, you know, overthrowing a lot of the in routes. You know, he, he's very good with his deep ball accuracy, but a lot of the throws over the middle and, uh, you know, to the outside, um, you know, the short to intermediate throws, you know, I, I just, it, it was really, I, I thought he definitely hurt himself. And I think his stock is just going to continue to to plummet at this point. Um, definitely a concern there. Uh, Ty, uh, Tyree Jackson, um, you know, big kid. You know, he ran very well, um, you know, and, uh, you know, four, five, nine, forty, um, at the quarterback position for a guy who's, who's six, seven, you know, and 249 pounds, you know, the last two guys that, uh, were, you know, were six, seven in the league, you know, you're talking Brock Eisweiler and, uh, Paxton Lynch didn't have the most successful, um, careers, but when you look at Ty, uh, Tyree Jackson, he definitely has the, the deep ball accuracy, you know, he's going to have to work on cleaning up some of his, uh, you know, that delivery. I think he's working on that, trying to shorten the delivery a little bit. Um, I think some of the, the accuracy on the short to intermediate routes, I thought he struggled with as well. Um, you know, Trace McSorley, I thought he really struggled mightily throughout the drills. Um, definitely a guy who, you know, if I'm him, I'm looking at uh, what Julian Edelman did. Maybe I'm a slot receiver. He declined um, to work with the defensive backs, but I, I just don't see him as a quarterback at the next level. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew, um, you know, and, and, you know, Brett Rippon, you know, I, I thought you saw some, you know, some decent accuracy, um, you know, Jarrett Stidham throwing the football down the football field a little bit. Um, you know, you saw some of that. Um, let's see. You know, when it's all said and done, when we look at the quarterback position for me, My my top, obviously, Dwayne Haskins, you know, Kyler Murray being number two and Drew Locke at number three. I think after that, I I, I got to go Daniel Jones, number four, uh, and Ryan Finley at number five. Uh, probably Stidham at six. Um, Brett, well, you know, Brett Rippon at seven. Um, you know, Clayton Thorson at eight. Will Greer at nine. And then Gardner Minshew probably at 10 uh, with Tyree Jackson. You know, that's really kind of my, you know, when I'm looking at the quarterback position, I thought Easton Stick, um, you know, still just, you know, a, a guy who's kind of a fringe quarterback right now, um, but very productive there at North Dakota State. Ran a 4.6240 as well. He's a guy that, you know, I need to continue to to look at. You know, he was, he was measured in at 6.1, but definitely an athletic guy. Um, you know, he struggled, you know, it seemed like at the at the senior bowl a little bit. Um, I like some of his deep ball throws uh, there at the combine. He's somebody that could potentially move up in this draft um, when it's all said and done. Tight ends also got to work out. 
And when you look at the tight end position, if we were to sort by the 40 time, Noah Fant, you know, 4 5 40. Uh, Caleb Wilson ran a 4 5 6. Those were the only two sub 4 6 40s. And, uh, you know, if we were to look at last year's combine numbers, uh, Mike Isicki and uh, Jalen Samuel each ran a 4 5 4. After that, Mark Andrews ran a 4 6 7. Um, so just to kind of put things into perspective just a little bit, uh, Dallas Goddard did not run at the combine. Um, but in terms of the speed, you know, obviously Noah Fant, it, it just jumps off very, uh, effortless as an athlete. Um, you know, very good feet, very athletic, um, you know, extends well, plucks the football out of the air, excellent hands, um, you know, one of the things for him is he's still going to have to work on his blocking. I thought, uh, you know, was a little bit high at times as a blocker, um, but definitely a guy who's going to get vertical on you. You know, reminds you a lot of uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, let's see. Irv Smith, I thought, you know, definitely helped himself. Ran a 4.6340. Um, and uh, looking at my notes, you know, he didn't really strike a whole lot in terms as a blocker. Um, you know, but, you know, he is an Alabama, um, tight end and a lot of the Alabama tight ends, you know, they, they are able to block at the next level. You know, OJ Howard, I thought, you know, showed himself, uh, very well. Um, so I'll be interested to see if Irv Smith can really translate that at the next level, but very strong hands. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, at the gaunt, you know, showing at the gauntlet, catching the ball away from his body, um, also had a very spectacular diving catch. Um, you know, measured in a 6'2", 242, so one of the shorter guys there, but again, ran a 4'6", 340. Um, he and Fant, along with uh, TJ Hawkinson, are probably going to be uh, in consideration for the first round. TJ Hawkinson didn't do anything to dissuade anyone from being the number one overall uh, tight end. Ran a 4740. I don't think, you know, I think any consideration of him in the top 10, I think, you know, we need to just kind of silence that. I think the earliest I see him coming off the board is maybe 11 to Cincinnati, possibly even number 12 uh, to the Packers. But uh, I think that's kind of the, the the ceiling for him. You know, I thought he was definitely physical in uh, in, the, in the blocking. You know, as a drive blocker, definitely showed the leg drive. Um, you know, as catching you know catching the ball very well, extending you know his hands out in front of him, uh, plucking the ball out of the air. Um, very good route runner. You know the in cuts. You definitely saw um, him. You know making a couple of couple of steps and and out of his break. Um, so definitely an, a natural pass catcher. 6'5", 251 pounds. T.J. Hawkinson. Um, you know so a couple of surprises. You know for, uh, Foster Moreau didn't realize he was going to be as athletic as he was. Ran a four six six forty, thirty six and a half inch vertical leap as well. Um, you know I'm looking at at my notes. Um, you know, decent bend um, as a blocker, rolled his hips into the blocks. Um, definitely a good leg drive. Um, thought he was a little slow on the on the gauntlet, but did make a nice fingertip catch at one point in the uh, in the drills. Uh, Kahali Waring out of San Diego State, 6'5", 252 pounds, four six seven forty. Not a lot of people know about this guy, and uh, you know he's someone who shows shows good pop as a blocker and. Uh, Shows really good hands, but I think he's still a little raw. You know, you saw him, you know, working the gauntlet, had to stop to catch one of the footballs. You know, you really want to see him play through those those catches. So he's somebody who I think is going to be a developmental guy, um, but someone who I think definitely has some prom, some promise. Um, Jake Sternberger, you know, four seven five forty. Um, you know, a guy who I think um, as a pass catcher, very 
very fluid, um, you know, decent feet as a blocker. You know, I thought he did, you know, showed a really good drive, um, or I'm sorry, really good strike and, and as a drive blocker, um, was weaving a little bit during the gauntlet, which was kind of weird. Um, needs to kind of clean that up a little bit. He was a team MVP at, at Texas A&M. Um, I thought he did a good job tracking the ball well over the, over his shoulder. I think that was one of the things that you were definitely going to expect to see out of Jake Sternberger or Jay Sternberger. Um, so he was one of the standouts. I thought Isaac Nada definitely needs to clean up his 40 time, ran a four nine one. Um, just really lacked that burst. I thought he showed good pop as a, as a blocker, um, showed decent hands, but you know, he really lacks that second gear and that's really going to be a concern. Um, you know, Caden Smith, another guy who really kind of lacked that burst showed the, the, the striking ability as a blocker, um, extends very well for the wheel, but he's a guy who always went up in a crowd. It's because he couldn't separate. Um, you know, uh, I thought Tommy Sweeney looked very stiff, um, ran a four, eight, three forty, but I thought he definitely looked stiff. Um, let's see. Josh Oliver, I thought, you know, was a decent athlete, uh, 6'5", 249 pounds, 4'6", 340. Um, you know, I think he's going to be someone who's going to probably come off the board somewhere in the in the middle rounds. Alizé Mack, another guy who looked pretty fluid as an athlete. Um, you know, Dax Raymond looked a little stiff um, at the tight end position. I think Keenan Brown and uh, Trevin Wesco. Trevin Wesco is going to be a fullback, and uh, I think Keenan Brown is going to be the H-back type. Um, you know, Brown 6'2", 250. Trevin Wesco 6'3", 267. Uh, Wesco showed you know the ability to catch the football out of the backfield pretty well. Um, led everybody with 24 um, reps at 225 in the bench press. So you know, when we look at the tight end position, for me, um, I, I think number one has to be T.J. Hawkinson. Um, number two is going to be Noah Fant, and then three, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, Jay Sternberger, I think, has to be number four. Um, and then Dawson Knox. Now, Dawson Knox didn't run the 40, but he looked very smooth in the drills. Um, you know, 6'4", 250 pounds, um, really a, a tremendous athlete. I think after that, uh, Josh Oliver um, out of San Jose State, kind of have to put him in there um, along with Kahali Waring um, you know and then you know after that you know Caleb Wilson has a potentially ran a four five six um, but you know not as explosive as I thought he was going to be um, you know Dax Raymond you know a lot of these guys you know I think Alizé Mack has a chance to actually move himself up into the um, you know up the boards a little bit you know if we were to look at the the 20 yard um, shuttle, you know, I thought Foster Moreau ran a 4-1-1, um, which beat out, you know, uh, Hawkins and Fanton, Waring and Knox, who were the next uh, four fastest. Um, so Foster Moreau, I think, definitely helped himself. I think he's moving into the top 10 um, because everyone knew that he was a blocker, but you didn't really know that he had this type of athleticism. Um, you know, if we were to look at that, Josh Oliver actually struggled quite a bit, uh, ran a 4-4-7 in that drill. Um, so that's, that's definitely cause, cause for some concern. Um, can he get it in and out of his breaks? If we look at the three cone drill, another, another, uh, uh, factor there, you know, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Dawson Knox, you know, three out of the top four times. So in terms of athleticism, they're definitely there. Those are going to be those guys that, uh, are going to be the elite, um, athletic, you know, athletic guys catching the football down the field, and T.J. Hawkinson has the ability to also be a excellent pass catcher. So that's why I think Hawkinson number one, Noah Fant two, um, number three for me. Like I said, uh, Irv uh, Irv Smith Jr. 
you know, although Irv Smith and that three cone drill ran a seven three two, I think he's more of a vertical guy than uh, a lot of those crossing routes. I think Jay Sternberger is another guy like that. Um, so Dawson Knox, especially when he runs that forty time, has a chance to kind of slide up and, and make some headway there, uh, closing the distance between those guys just a little bit. Which then brings us on to the wide receiver position, and. You know, there are definitely some guys that, that stood out. Obviously, everyone loves to talk about what DK Metcalf did. 6'3", 228 pounds, uh, 4'3", 340, and uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Just abs- uh, very explosive. Um, you know, best of the times, you know, Michael Thomas ran a 4'5", 7", uh, DeAndre Hopkins 4'5", 7", Juju Smith-Schuster ran a 4'5", 4", 5, 4". Um, so some of the those receivers definitely he definitely bested there um when you look at a guy like julio jones you know a lot of people say that that's kind of the ceiling for uh dk metcalf is a guy like julio jones um you know if you were to put julio up there you look at his stats julio at the combine ran a 4 3 9 40 um and uh you know a 6 6 6.66 three cone drill um, so when you're talking about that, that's really getting getting in, in and out of your your cuts. And uh, if we were to actually sort this and take a look at where he fell, DK Metcalf was down towards the bottom, number 27 overall in that drill, ran a a 7.38 three cone drill. So when you're talking about getting in and out of your breaks, that's really the cause for concern for me when you're talking about DK Metcalf. Um, that vertical speed, you know, I think the Bills sitting there at number nine, they're looking for a number one wideout, and there's a good chance DK Metcalf could end up being that guy, um, just based on the fact that you know speed kills, and uh, you know he was always a vertical guy there at Ole Miss, you know, 40 inch vertical leap, 27 uh, reps in the bench press, 134 inches on the broad jump as well, but. Uh, you know, one of the slower times in the three-cone drill. If we look at the 20-yard 20, uh, 20 shuttle, he ran a 4.5, which ranks him 30th out of the receivers. So you know, definitely has to be cause for, for some concern. If we were to look at the wide receiver position, just to kind of put some of this into context, you know, when we look at that 20-yard uh, shuttle, you know, number one up, you know, at, at the top was was Dylan Cantrell, you know, from Texas Tech, ran a 403. But, um, you know, if we look at DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Kiki QT, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, between 407 to 415, um, we're talking about the um, 45 that he ran. Um, Traquan Smith out of Central Florida ran a 45 as well. So, um, you know, we see what he's been able to do with New Orleans. Um, so just kind of puts a little bit of perspective there. If we look at the three cone drill, you know, three cone drill, um, you know, Cortland Sutton ran a six, five, seven. Um, if we were to look at some of the other guys, Calvin Ridley, a six, eight, eight, um, DJ Moore, six, nine, five, um, Kiki QT, six, nine, three, Michael Gallup, a six, nine, five, Traquan Smith, a six, nine, seven. Um, you know, when you're looking at DK Metcalf, he ran a 7.38. So if we get down to that, no receiver at last year's combine that ran the three cone drill ran a seven three eight. Everyone was faster than him um, in that drill. So cause for for concern, 
you know, I, I think there's a, a possibility that there could be some concern. But uh, end of the day, I think DK Metcalf is still going to be the first wide receiver taken off the board. But there was more than just DK Metcalf at the combine. Um, you know, Paris Campbell showed some definite blazing speed. We knew that that was going to happen coming out of Ohio State, but ran a 4-3-1. Um, definitely an explosive guy, a 40-inch vertical leap as well. Um, you know, when you're talking about athleticism, there are a few guys who really jump, jump off quite like, um, Paris Campbell. I thought Paris Campbell definitely, um, helped himself. I I think a lot of the conversation, you know, of, you know, with him as a a first round pick, I, I, you know, I know the speed and everyone talks about speed kills. You know, we saw, you know, with Darius Hayward Bay, what, what happened there, um, that he ended up vaulting into the first round. I just, I don't, I don't see that out of Paris Campbell. You know, he finally put everything together his senior year, obviously had his best year. I actually look at Paris Campbell and he reminds me a lot of, of Curtis Samuel, um, who, by the way, also ran a 4 3 at the Combine. Um, you know, 74 receptions, 865 yards, seven touchdowns um, in his senior, or yeah, in his senior season with, um, Ohio State. If we look at Paris Campbell, um, by contrast, and I'm typing him in so you can hear me typing here. But uh, senior year, 90 receptions, 100, you know, 1,063 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, prior to that, you know, really, you know, the 40 receptions, 584 yards, three touchdowns. This junior year, definitely put everything together as a senior. Um, but he, he's someone to me, I think he still needs to clean some things up. I think he's probably a guy who's going to come off the board in round two, much like Curtis Samuel did just a, a couple of years ago. Andy Isabella, uh, four, three, one forty. Um, another guy who just, you look at him and he screams, you know, Julian Edelman, you know, Danny Amendola, you know, just go ahead and sign him up with uh, New England Patriots. He just, he seems like a, a perfect fit there. You know, having, uh, you know, gone to school there at UMass, 5'9", 188 pounds. The little guy definitely is a, is a burner. You know, when you look at this draft, gosh, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers running a sub four, four forty. by contrast, you know, uh, the, the, the 2018 draft, only two receivers, uh, DJ Chark and, and uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling ran sub 4-4. You know, you look at Mikko Hardman, ran a 4-3-3. I look at Mikko Hardman, he reminds me a lot of uh, Isaiah McKenzie, um, you know, coming out of Georgia. Um, you know, I, I think a guy who could be a, um, a definite factor in the uh, return game. Um, I think he's someone that, you know, really kind of jumps off, um, a a, a little bit, um, you know, but Isaiah McKenzie was taken in the fifth round. I think Nicole Hardman, probably, probably a third or fourth round. If I were to guess Terry McLaurin, just really a a model of efficiency, um, ran a four, three, five, 40. And, uh, you know, you look at, at Dwayne Haskins and all the, wide open receivers that he was hitting you look at uh just how athletic a lot of these guys are and it, it makes you wonder you know what what was he you know was he just playing with a stacked deck you know all these fast fast receivers that were able to get themselves open so easily um you know that's one of the things that you know you do have to wonder when you're scouting uh Dwayne Haskins you know he had such tremendous athletes you know that uh, were getting open 
Um, but, uh, you know, I thought Terry McLaurin to me, even though Paris Campbell, you know, ran that four, three, one Terry McLaurin to me, I look at that, that, uh, wide receiving core and he was really a guy that stood out, you know, six foot, 208 pounds. I think he has a chance to go round two, more likely round three. Uh, Darius Slayton was the vertical threat there at Auburn. We knew he was going to run well, ran a four, three, nine, uh, six, 190 pounds. Um, I look at Emmanuel Hall. 6'2", 201, ran a 4'3", 40, 43.5-inch vertical leap. Uh, definitely a very twitchy, twitchy player. Um, definitely a, a vertical guy. You know, I, I think he's going to be someone who's gonna, who might struggle a little bit getting out of some of his breaks. Um, but uh, definitely a guy who got vert- can get vertical. Uh, so those were the guys that ran sub 4'4". Um, and when we're talking about, we look at uh, these 40 times. Um, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't speak, uh, speak about, uh, Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 220 pounds, ran a 4'4", 240, uh, 43 and a half inch vertical leap, 140 inches in the broad jump. This was a guy who I think helped himself as much as anyone. You know, I knew that he was, you know, he, he was a big receiver, um, you know, obviously 6'4", and 222 pounds, you know, a guy who I thought, um, you know, made some plays down the stretch for for Notre Dame. Um, really, the model of consistency. You know, he was the go-to guy for Ian Book throughout the season, and uh, you know, really a, a standout for me uh, when I was watching Notre Dame. But I, I never thought that he was the type of athlete that he was. I was expecting him to probably run in the four-six range, and uh, really did not do that. Didn't disappoint. I think he's definitely helped himself, um, and really should be in that round two consideration. A name to, you know, watch out for, Jazz Ferguson out of Northwestern State. He's, uh, you know, sack daddy, Jalen Ferguson's brother. 6'5", 227 pounds, around a 4'4", 540, 34 and a quarter inch arms, just an incredible wingspan. Um, he's somebody to keep an eye on. You know, D- uh, Debo Samuel, Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, all running in that 4'4", 8, 4'4", range. These are all guys to me that are going to be second round uh, consideration. I think Hakeem Butler has a chance to sneak into round one, six five, two hundred twenty seven pounds, really a, a deep ball threat. Um, you know, I think that was one of the things that stood out to me when I watch Hakeem Butler play is his ability to get vertical on you and uh, wins a lot of of jump balls. Very physical after the catch, a hard guy to bring down. Um, that vertical speed is really kind of what jumps off the tape. You know, you really wanted to see him run that three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle to see how he can get in and out of his breaks, but he and A.J. Brown didn't run those. Um, Debo Samuel, though, definitely showed off uh, an ability to to make some of those cuts. Right, a 7.03 uh, three-cone drill and a 4.14 uh, 20-yard shuttle. So when you're talking about the 20-yard shuttle, that was good for fifth fastest overall three-cone drill. Um, he's sitting a little bit further down. But, you know, he's definitely a guy who's who's pretty sudden. You know, really, it's, it wasn't that bad. It was 13th overall in terms of the, the receivers. And when you've got a receiving class that has 48 total guys that showed up at the Combine, um, you know, that's not too shabby overall. As we go through the list, you know, I thought Ola B.C. Johnson. B.C. is a guy who definitely, um, you know, I thought he helped himself. Um, he ran a 4-5-1. Um, definitely a, a smooth route runner. Um, you know, if you had Preston Williams as the uh, the physical, the big receiver, the the go-to target, um, well, the BC Johnson was the 
he was consistent. He was always getting open. Um, I didn't think that he had as much speed as he did. Um, he's someone I think could be a mid round pick. You look at Nikhil Harry, 6'2, 228 pounds, 33 inch arms, bench pressed, you know, 225, 27 times, 38 and a half inch vertical leap, ran a 4'5'3. You know, and again, you know, if you're talking about a guy like Michael Michael Thomas running a four five seven, DeAndre Hopkins four five seven, Juju Smith Schuster four five four. Nikhil Harry was right in there with that group. You know, being as big as he is and still able to run that time, I think he solidified himself as an early second round pick. I think that's at the at the least, but I think he's a guy. I had him penciled in going to Indianapolis, and I still think that's a good possibility for him when it's all said and done. Um, you know, Terry Godwin ran a 4.55, you know, 5'11, 184 pounds. I was expecting a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit faster time. I thought David Sills actually ran a little bit faster than I was expecting, 6'3, 211 pounds, 4'5, 740. Really more of a technician, a guy who gets in and out of his breaks really well. Um, you know, didn't show up all that fast in the three cone drill or the, uh, 20 uh 20 yard shuttle i'm sorry um yeah but uh it was definitely someone who i think you know looked very smooth tracking the ball over his shoulder um you know riley ridley ran a four five eight um looked smooth you know catching the football um but you know kind of a disappointing time when you look at that kelvin Harmon ran a four six another disappointing time um you know someone who i didn't think always separated um, and it kind of showed a little bit there with uh, the lack of vertical speed. And then a guy who really uh, surprising, 47540 out of Little Jordan Humphrey, 6'4", 210 pounds. He was a guy that really ran a lot of those, um, you know, the, the the quick slants, would make the catch, get upfield, and uh, was just a, a, a nightmare to, to bring down. Uh, didn't really separate going down the football field. Was a guy that was looking to high point the football Um one guy who I think to, to kind of keep an eye out for is Jamal Custis. Uh, 6'4", 214 pounds, ran a 4'5", very raw, but uh, a guy who I think can get vertical. Um, and it'll be a, a guy who, um, if he can hone in on some of that, that route running ability, you know, someone to, to kind of keep an eye on. So Miles Boykin, not only did he run the fastest 40 time, um, you know, put out the the top vertical leap and, and broad jump, but he also put posted the fastest three cone drill, six seven seven, able to sink his hips and, and get around there. Bested even, you know, Andy Isabella at five nine, you know, versus six four. Um Andy Isabella uh six nine five in that same drill. Um you know, by comparison, you look at someone like Anthony Johnson, who didn't run the the, the forty, ran a seven one two um, so I think that's really, you know, eye popping. I think a lot of people are going to be going back and watching more film of, of Notre Dame play because this was really kind of a standout. Um, you know, I thought Paris Campbell didn't do the three cone drill, but ran a 403, um, 20 yard shuttle. So again, another guy who showed that he can get in and out of his breaks pretty well. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, Andy Isabella, you know, Terry McLaurin, all guys that show that they can get out of the, in and out of their breaks pretty well. Ole BC Johnson, I remember, you know, if you remember me saying, he's the guy who runs pretty good routes, you know, gets in and out of his cuts pretty quickly. Tenth uh, fastest there in the twenty yard shuttle at a four one five. You know, when we look at that wide receiver class from a season ago, 
If we pull up the 20-yard the shuttle just as a comparison again, DJ Moore, 407, uh, Cortland Sutton, 411, Kiki QT, 415. Um, those were kind of the, the stats that jump off the board. Calvin Ridley had a decent uh, rookie season. You look at him, he ran a 441, Christian Kirk a 445. Uh, both of those guys, though, when you look at their times, ran both both ran sub 4540s. Um, as did Traquan Smith running a 449. You know, all of those guys also showed up pretty well there at the combine. Um, I'm sorry, in, in the rookie seasons, uh, I, I should say. And uh, so when you when you're looking at you know, James Washington even ran a 4-3-2. So it's not the end-all, be-all when you see these guys at the Combine. But it does make you, you know, pause a little bit and go back to the game film and really wonder, all right, what am I looking at? You know, and that's really, you know, that you're validating what you're seeing out on the football field. Uh, Miles Boykin, I thought, you know, better athlete than than I had expected. You know, A.J. Brown ran a 4-4-9. Frankly, I thought that was a faster time than, than I was expecting, as, as with uh, Hakeem Butler. Um... So, you know, those were definitely some guys that that uh, popped off um, off the the film a little bit as you're watching the combine. Um, you know, I thought Kelvin Harmon did a decent job catching the football. Um, you know, I think he'll probably be a second round receiver when it's all said and done. You know, when we look at this wide receiver class, you know, where where is my my top ten at this point? And really, you know, the guy that we didn't get to see was Marquise Brown, 5'10", 168 pounds, not the biggest guy by any means, but, you know, Marquise Brown was the guy, you know, he's, he's the cousin of, of Antonio Brown, um, and just a game breaker, you know, speed wise, I'll be curious to see what he runs, you know, when, when he, he is able to, um, you know, he won't be able to run until right around training camp, but, uh, you know, definitely a, a speed burner, you know, and an improved route runner. Um, he and DK Metcalf, you know, one, two, um, although I think DK Metcalf will be the number one receiver taken. Um, you know, I think Nikhil Harry and, and Akeem Butler, uh, AJ Brown are all right up there. And then, uh, Kelvin Harmon, you know, right after that, uh, Debo Samuel, um, I got to move him up in, uh, in my receiver rankings. Uh, Riley Ridley is another guy that I've got to put up there, you know, in terms of his, his route running definitely looks very smooth. Um, but, uh, you know, those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at there at the top, you know, potentially Terry McLaurin is a guy that I, I want to move up. Same thing with Anthony Johnson, you know, Anthony Johnson didn't run the 40, but, uh, a guy who I think is definitely a, an explosive target and a guy who, you know, is just going to be a, a sure handed receiver and a guy who's just going to get open. Another guy who didn't really, um, you know, do a whole lot at the combine was Keelan Doss, but you know, a guy at UC Davis who I think is going to be somebody, um, you know, especially at his pro day, you know, you really want to see what he can do. Um, so those are kind of the receivers that I'm taking a look at. So after all of that was said and done, and that moved on to the defensive side of the football, and you know, we got the offense out of the way so we can focus on defense because we got to see some insane athletes on the defensive side of the football. I mean, it was just absolutely a joy to watch. And you know, we started off with uh, defensive linemen, and uh, you know, we saw some absolute beasts. A season ago, just to put some things into perspective, Marcus Davenport, fastest 40 time, ran a 4.58. Bradley Chubb ran a 4.65. Um, Rasheem Green 
at uh, 6'5 and 275, ran a 4.73. Um, you know, so that just kind of gives you an idea. Breland Speaks was a second-round pick there of Kansas City, ran a 4.8740 at 6'3 and 283 pounds. Um, so those were some of the top guys a season ago. When we look at these 40 times, um, you know, the, at the defensive linemen, you know, we're not even talking about, uh, you know, the, the edge rushers here. You know, when you look at that defensive line, it starts with, you know, Rashawn Gary. You know, ran a, uh, a 4 5 8 40 at 6'4 and 278, uh, 277 pounds. And that was the top time there at the defensive tackle or defensive line position. And he looked so so smooth. Um, you know, I, I think he could be a, a either a four three or a, you know a thirty four defensive end. Um, but he he was someone who just looked explosive in uh, in all of his drills. And really, I'm looking at this now, and you know he, I guess he wasn't actually in the defensive lineman drills. Looking at my notes, defensive line drills. They didn't do that. So my edge rushers, looks like some of the linebackers actually ended up in my edge rushers. So when I was pulling everything, I'll have to kind of sort this a little bit differently. So the top defensive lineman, I apologize, top defensive lineman was actually Quinn and Williams, um, as to be expected, ran a 4'8", 340, uh, 6'3", 303 pounds. Um, what he did at the combine um, you know, just a freakish athlete, you know, moves so well laterally, you know, you can see why, you know, he was the Outland Trophy winner, just so quick, the, the, the pop in his hands, you know, the burst off the ball, it really translated there at the combine, and, uh, you know, he should be in consideration for the number one overall pick, I mean, just an absolute freakish, freakish athlete, um, you know, another guy who turned into sub four, uh, sub five forty was with Jerry Tillery. Ran a four nine three, six six, two hundred ninety five pounds. Excellent length. You know, uh, thirty four and a quarter inch arms. Um, still able to put up the vent. You know, twenty three reps. You know, at, at uh, you know, two and a quarter. Tillery, you know, in in the drills. You know, he, he looked very athletic, you know, was a little high at times. I think he definitely struggles with that. You know, if he can stay low, um, that's really where you're going to see Tillery stand out. You know, ran a one seven one ten yard split. Quinn and Williams, by the way, the one uh, defensive tackle to run sub one seven, ran a one six nine. Um, just to kind of you know put some things into into perspective just a little bit. He runs a one six nine. You know, the guy that I'm pulling up right now, Aaron Donald. You know, when Aaron Donald was there, his 10-yard split was a 159 at 6 foot, 285 pounds. Just a freakish athlete, but still, you know, 6'3", 303, uh, you know, with a 169, that's a, or, yeah, 169, that's a pretty impressive boost, uh, you know, when it's all said and done there. Uh, Kingsley Kiki. Ran a, a four nine five. He was the other guy that ran sub um, sub five in in the forty six three two hundred eighty eight pounds. Again, really good length, thirty four and a half inch arms. I look at Kingsley Kiki. He's actually shed quite a bit of weight. He was over three hundred pounds there at Texas A and M. I see him as a uh, as a five technique. Put him in a three four defense as a as a defensive end. I think he's got some some athleticism um, to play that position. I think he's upright a little bit laterally. 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, he'll be stout at the point of attack. Um, you know, Kalen uh, Saunders at six foot, 324 pounds out of Western Illinois, um, 50140. You know, this is a guy who, you know, you see that short area burst, just moves very well, you know, very fluid, moves well laterally, um, you know, for a guy his size and uh, 173 split. So when you're talking about bursts, um, he's definitely got it. Um, a guy who definitely gets off the ball very quickly. Um, someone to keep an eye on, as is Tristan Hill out of Central Florida. 6'3", 308 pounds, 5'04", uh, Look, this was a guy who, you know, I, I think, he, I don't know if he fell out of favor with the with Josh Heupel's group, um, but, it, you know, didn't really start uh, a ton of games this past season. But a guy who just seemed to flash. You know, if you put on like the Memphis game uh, and the a- AAC championship, and if you put on the bowl game, this is a guy who you know, was making plays behind the line of scrimmage, very disruptive, ran a, a one seven four split in that forty, and just very smooth athlete. You know, very you know transitioned well, moved very well laterally, good pop in his hands as well, tight turn, turn in the corner. Um, definitely a guy who I thought impressed. Um, you know, Christian Wilkins ran a 50440. Um, you know, another guy who was moving there at uh, at Clemson, 177 split. Um, you know, a 10 yard split. Very good athletically. Good, good through the bag drill. Um, you know, and another guy to keep an eye on now. Um, you know, Dexter Lawrence pulled up a little lame. You know, ran a 505. 40, but uh, had a hamstring pull um, at 505.40, though, for a guy his size, 6'4, 342 pounds. Um, you know, that's very impressive when you think about some of these other guys you know, that uh, you, know, you can translate or uh, compare him to. When you talk about a guy like, you know, say, Deron Payne as, a, as an example, 6'2, 311 pounds, ran a 4940. Um, so just kind of want to put put some comparison there um but uh you know deron Payne a lot smaller you know 311 pounds um how about a guy like uh let's let's try haloti nata so haloti nata showed up at the combine 6'4, 338 pounds 173 10 yard split ran a 51340 um you know when you look at dexter lawrence a 176 split 505 um i think that's Definitely comparable. Um, let's see. I got one other guy. Let me see in terms of measurables here. Yeah, so Dontari Poe, 6'3 and a half, 346 pounds, 498, 40, 167, 10 yard split. So just to kind of give you an idea um, in terms of some of the comparisons, I think that definitely Dexter Lawrence, even though he didn't get to compete in a lot of the drills, I thought he definitely helped himself. Um, when we look at the rest of this group, you know, I, I thought, you know, Demarcus Chris, Chris, uh, Christmas out of Florida State looked a lot more fluid than I was expecting. One seven seven split, um, ran a five oh eight forty. Um, you know, I thought Kevin Givens, you know, six one two hundred eighty five pounds. I thought he actually looked very smooth in, in the drills. He's a guy that nobody's really talking about, but uh, you know, had uh, ten tackles for loss. Therefore, the the Nittany Lions probably should have come back for his his senior season, but a guy who I think is going to be a late round pick and going to surprise some people, uh, Draymond Jones, um, five one two forty, uh, at six three two hundred eighty one pounds, but one seven seven split, very quick, instinctive guy, just lacks some of the power. You saw the fluidity in the drills, very good feet, 
Um, but you, you know, he, I thought he lacked the punch there at the point of attack um, that you were really wanting to see. I thought, you know, Albert Huggins looked very slow uh, in his change of directions. I thought he looked very stiff. Um, Greg Gaines, um, you know, is a guy who um, I, I think is a is a tremendous athlete. Um, ran a five one six with a one eight split. Um, didn't really do a whole lot in, in terms of any of the other drills. Um, you know, looking at the at, at this group, you know, I, I think Daniel Wise plays a lot better. He looks stiff in the drills. So that you know, Renault Wren, even though he ran a, a pretty decent forty time, I thought he looked pretty stiff as well. Um, so that's kind of that, that defensive tackle position. And uh, if we talk about defensive tackles and where I have them slated, you know, obviously Quinn and uh, Williams, number one overall. Um, you know, Ed Oliver, I, I failed to mention that uh, he was there at the combine, didn't actually run, um, but uh, 6'2, 287 pounds. Now, that 287 pounds is significant. You know, he bench pressed, uh, you know, 225, 32 times. Doesn't have the longest arms, 31 and, uh, and three quarters inches, but the 287 um, definitely shows that he can play inside a defensive tackle position. Um, you know, and I think that was really the big concern was: is he going to be under 280? What position do you play him at? He's at 287, and uh, I really want to see what he's going to run that 40 time at his pro day. Really want to see where he's going to go there. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, he's kind of up in the air. Um, you know, I, I think Christian Wilkins, you know, has done enough to kind of move up uh, ahead of Jeffrey Simmons. I think, uh, you know, Jerry Tillery is another guy that's moving up uh, up the board as well, um, as is Dexter Lawrence. Um, those are kind of the guys that I think have separated themselves. Then you've got Draymond Jones um, sitting right there. I think uh, Kalen Saunders has definitely helped himself. Uh, Gerald Willis didn't do anything at the Combine. Um, but definitely somebody who I, I, I want to see a little bit more of only measured in a six, two, you know, he, Miami had him slated at six, four, but he actually only measured in at, at, uh, at six, two, um, but definitely a, a quick get off. You know, I think Kristen Hill has to be into the consideration now as well in the top 10, um, so those are some of the guys that uh, you know I, I think definitely stood out from the defensive end position. So now we can get to the edge rushers, and uh, you know I, I talked about Rashan, uh, Rashawn Gary running the four five eight um, overall. You know if we look at last year's draft and we go to the, the edge rushers, now see all the edge rushers here, they have. Yeah, they kind of mess out. Okay, there we go. You know, Marcus Davenport ran a four five eight, and Bradley Chubb a four six five. Um, you know, when I was talking about the defensive tackles, um, you know, Deron Payne ran a four nine five, uh, Taven Bryan a four nine eight, um, B.J. Hill ran a four nine nine. Uh, just to give you some some comparison, v, uh, Vita Vea, you know, at six four and three forty seven ran a uh, five one forty. Um, so just to kind of give some comparison there to what. Uh, what Dexter Lawrence was able to do with his 505 at uh, what did he measure in at? Dexter Lawrence measuring in 6'4, 342. So, definitely a guy who I think has the ability to sneak into that top 20 picks. Um, you know, possibly end up going to Tennessee at number 19. Um, I think he'd fit in very well playing alongside uh, Jarrell Casey. 
there for the Titans. So the edge rushers, look. What Montez Sweat did, running a 4-4-140, now that's the fastest that we've seen from an edge rusher. 6'6", 260 pounds was what he measured in at the combine. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, the explosiveness... You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I think Montez Sweat has solidified himself as the top 10 pick, uh, possibly even into the top five. I know Tampa is going to be looking for uh, edge rushers, and Montez Sweat could definitely end up being that guy. Very, very fluid in the drills as well. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about the three-cone drill, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, ran a seven-flat three-cone drill, which was good for third among the, the edge rushers. And... Uh, you know, he ran a 429 20-yard shuttle, um, which is absolutely ridiculous as well. Um, so he he's somebody to me um, who's going to be into that top five consideration. Um, when you look at you know other edge rushers, I mentioned Rashawn Gary ran that 458 at 6'4", 277 pounds, 38-inch uh, vertical leap as well. Definitely athletic. You know that's one of the things I don't think anybody's ever argued. I've never argued that. Um, you know, very tight turn, turn to the corner in the drills. Um, you know, very, very good with his hips, especially in the, in the, in some of the drops, um, on some of the conversion drills. Um, to me, I think Rashawn Gary has kind of solidified himself probably as a top 10 pick. You know, I think it's more, um, in terms of his potential than the actual production, you know, because I don't think the production really matched those skills, um, but at the end of the day, I think Rashawn Gary has done enough from an athletic standpoint to really catch the eyes of, of enough people. Um, Nick Bosa ran a 47940, 29 reps at uh, 225. Um, you know, this was one of the things that I thought was so impressive. 6'4, 266 pounds. You looked at the guy, and his quads were enormous. This guy just absolutely huge, uh, you know, with uh, with his lower body. Uh, dropped very well. I thought he looked very athletic, you know, very smooth in the bag drill. Um, Nick Bosa, to me, is, is you know, he's done nothing but solidify himself as one of the top, um, you know, two or three picks in this draft. Um, you know, although I think Quinton Williams, after running his 48-3 and looking so explosive in the drills, um, I think he's going to be breathing down his neck just a little bit here. Um other edge rushers to keep an eye on. Um, let's see, as I work down the drill, um, work down my list here. Um, you know, Brian Burns, that was a guy that you really wanted to kind of keep an eye on and see where he was going to, uh, where he was going to shake out, you know, in terms of, of some of his measurements. Um, you know, Brian Burns ultimately... I can't find him on my list. There he is. Ran a four five three forty, you know, which is, is tremendous. Um, and I actually haven't ranked, you know, um, let's see, uh, let's see, six five two hundred forty nine pounds. So he was playing at around two hundred twenty five two hundred thirty pounds. Measured in at two forty nine. If you remember Vic Beasley. Um, you know, it was another guy ultimately drafted as a top ten pick. Um, you know, I thought Brian Burns was too slight. Um, you know, and the fact that he's put on this weight and still ran a four, five, three, I think solidified himself in the top half of this draft. I think the, the Packers sitting there at number 12, um, you know, if you 
didn't get to watch the combine. See if you can find film of him dropping into coverage and then just extending for this football. It was ridiculous along the sideline. Uh, it was kind of a you know a throw right around his shins, extended out in front of him for the football and catches it before he ends up going out of bounds. Excellent body control, excellent hands. Um, to me, I thought that that was one of the standouts uh, in terms of of being an edge rusher, uh, if you will. Um, the way I have this divided up, trying to go back and forth between some of the defensive line, the defensive ends and uh, possible 3-4 outside linebackers. So bear with me here as I'm trying to get back and forth between the two. Um, Anthony Nelson, you know, at 6'7", 271, ran a 4'8", 240. Um, you know, I, I thought he he's someone that you know can use his length to his advantage. Um, I thought he actually looked pretty good laterally. He's someone for me that uh, is going to have to work on keeping that pad level low. Um, you know, but someone who's definitely uh, very athletic. Uh, Charles Omenahu, 6'5", 280 pounds. The the length is ridiculous. 36 inch arms. Clearly the the longest arms. Uh, in this draft, uh, you know, four nine two forty. Um, for me, when I look at uh, Charles Omenahu, you know, I, I thought he he showed you know decent decent burst, really good hands, and uh, you know his game is 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 all about getting a, a very quick get off and then using his length to his advantage. A one seven five split or one seven one split. Um, Anthony Nelson a one six five split. Um, so these guys were getting off the ball pretty quickly. Um, other guys at the defensive end position, um, you know, Zach Allen, I thought that he um, showed some decent athleticism. It you know, wasn't the fastest in terms of uh, the 40, ran a five flat 40, uh, 6'4", 281 pounds, but that's really not his game. He's more of a, of a, I think, an inside guy using his quickness to beat some of the inside interior linemen. I think that's really where he's going to excel Ben Banigou, one five six split, um, ran a very explosive um, four six two forty, um, you know one hundred thirty four inch uh, broad jump. That's eleven two, eleven foot two, and uh, that was the the longest of the the defensive ends. Very fluid dropping in into coverage. I thought he was somebody who has to play in space. He's not going to be, um, you know a uh, 43 defensive end. I think he's definitely going to be a stand-up edge rusher. 6'3", 250 pounds. Um, let's see. Jordan Brailford uh, ran a 4'6", 540 um, out of Oklahoma State. 6'3", 252 pounds. Got pl- you know played all over the place. Um, but I thought his 162 split definitely showed you know an ability to get off the ball. Um, but he sat out a lot of the drills, so I didn't really get to see what he could do in a lot of those. Um, and I thought Burns. Again, quick change of direction. I thought he looked very fluid in all the drills. Excellent athlete. Um, you know, Jamal Davis out of Akron, you know, was a pit transfer. Um, you know, and, and he's someone who I, I think showed an, a natural ability to drop into, into coverage. Um, so I think that's that's something that you're going to see him do quite a bit, 6'3", 243 pounds. Um, you know, Carl Granderson out of, out of Wyoming, I thought he looked a little stiff. Um, some tightness there out of him. Um, Joe Jackson, another athlete who looked pretty tight um, overall. Um, CC Jefferson definitely looked tight. 
Um, you know, he's someone I'm, I'm worrying about, you know, whether or not he's going to get drafted. Doesn't have the best size, 6'1", 266 pounds, ran a 5.02.40, very stiff in a lot of the drills. He's really going to have to get all of that cleaned up if he wants to get drafted. Uh, you know, Jalen Jelks, you know, I thought he, he plays very high, but I thought that, um, you know, he looked pretty athletic going through a lot of the drills, ran a 4.92.40. So that, you know, at 6'5", 256 pounds, you know, I thought, uh, you know, that didn't really translate to a lot of the drills. I thought, you know, it looked a lot smoother in, in, uh, in the drills than uh, the, some of that straight line speed. Um, let's see. You know, Jonathan Ledbetter is going to be a 34 defensive end, you know, at 280 pounds. Um, not the the quickest laterally, but a, a guy for his size. I think he's going to hold down the point of attack pretty well. Um, one guy who was a disappointment um, was Jakai Polite, ran a 4.8440, 6'3", 258 pounds, and then really backed out of the rest of the combine. Um, you know, they didn't talk about any injuries or anything like that. Um, just a guy that really just stopped competing. And, uh, you know, I think that question mark for me is going to send him down draft boards and uh, possibly even into the second round. Um, you know, those attitude concerns really, you know, something that you're going to have to watch out for. Um, Wyatt Ray. Um, 6'3", 257 pounds, 4'8", 340, not the quickest guy, um, but I thought he looked very natural in his drops. A guy who I think can play in space a little bit, um, as is Chase Winovich. Look, a 1.57 split, uh, Chase Winovich ran a 4.5940. He's going to be an outside linebacker um, in a 3-4 scheme, but just looked very fluid. A guy, look, he can play very well into space, and uh, you know, I thought he was someone who definitely helped himself um, you know, when I look at his comparison, when you look at him versus, you know, Rashawn Gary, the production, um, you know, and you look at the athleticism, you know, the production, you know, there's a reason why he was as productive as he was. It's because he is very athletic, a lot more athletic than I think people were giving him credit. I think he solidified himself as a second round pick and should be drafted higher than a lot of people are talking about right now. Uh, O'Shane Ziminis, you know, I thought he looked kind of stiff in the hips a little bit. But, uh, you know, he led, led Old Dominion in, in sacks for all four seasons that he was there. Um, you know, really, you know, like I said, stiff in space, but, you know, a guy who has a decent burst coming off the football and, uh, you know, a guy who I think could be, uh, you know, coming off the board somewhere in the middle round range when it's all said and done. So those are the guys that I kind of kept an eye on there at the edge rusher position. And if we talk about defensive ends, You know, I think number one has to be still be Nick Bosa. Um, I, I think Montez Sweat has moved up the boards, put him at number two, and uh, you know Rashawn Gary. You know, I, I think I, I'm you know I'm moving him up. You know, the athleticism really um, off the charts. Um, I, I just I really want to see that production. Um, you know, take off. That's the biggest concern that I have for him. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put him at number three for now. I thought Cleveland Farrell. He didn't run the forty. Um, Looked decent, you know, being, you know, smooth at times. I thought he looked stiff at times, depending on the drill. Um, you know, so Cleveland Farrell, I think, you know, at his pro day, he's really going to have to to ball out. 
um, to really be in consideration for the top half of the first round. I think his stock is kind of dropping, sending him down towards the second half of that, that first round range. After that, you know, you've got Jalen Ferguson who didn't get a chance to to compete at the combine. Um, you know, Ch- uh, Charles Omena, who is right there. I think Zach Allen is another guy who's got to be in that consideration. LJ Collier out of TCU, 6'4", 276 pounds. And, uh, you know, look, when you talk about, um, it, it was kind of, you know, we talk about thunder and lightning um, at the running back position more often than not. But when you have LJ Collier at 6'4", 276, and then Ben, uh, ben Banagu, um, you know, playing opposite him um, at the other defensive end position, and Banigou at 6'3", 250 pounds. They had their own, uh, Horn Frogs had their own version of Thunder and Lightning. And, uh, you know, with Collier, 11 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, and, uh, you know, four pass breakups, you know, his senior season, I think LJ Collier has a chance to continue to make plays um, you know, notice that I didn't mention, you know, um, Brian Burns or Chase Winovich in those rankings. I've got them slated at the outside linebacker position. So speaking of outside linebackers, if we move to the linebacker position and we talk about linebackers, again, this is going to be a little fun because I have some edge rushers and linebackers kind of paired in here together. At the actual linebacker drills, uh, Devin White was number one there, 44240, uh, followed by Devin Bush at 443. Um, you know, Gary Johnson out of Texas, um, you know, a, a track guy, six foot, 226 pounds, ran a four, four, three, Blake Cashman, um, out of Minnesota, wasn't expecting, you know, him to be as quick as he was. You know, this was a guy who really kind of jumped off, um, jumped out to some people, ran a four, five, 40, um, really someone who, um, like I said, you know, in terms of the speed, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be quite as fast as he was. Um, and, of course, when it's time to talk linebackers, I can't find my notes for the linebackers. Um, you know, but, you know, Blake Cashman, over 100 tackles on the year for the Golden Gophers. Um, someone who I thought was very physical, um, but not somebody that you were expecting to be as, as quick and as fast as he was. I thought that during the the combine looked like a much more fluid athlete than I think I was expecting, and uh, you know I think for that you know his his draft stock I think he's definitely helped it you know quite a bit. I think he was somebody who was going to be um, a mid round guy. He may have actually moved up some boards just a little bit. Um, you know if we talk about the rest of uh, of these linebackers, let's see Ty Summers. 451 Benberg Curve and 456 Jermaine Pratt and Drew Tranquil both converted safeties each of them running a uh, a 457 Bobby Okariki ran a 456 uh so a, a lot of guys that were running uh, sub 46 you know and and to be exact you know we had a total of uh, of nine linebackers you know that were that were doing that um, if we look at last year's linebacking core, you know, obviously we had Shaquem Griffin running a 4-3-8. Roquan Smith was next running a 4-5-1. So, and then, uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds running a 4-5-4. Four, four. When you, so when you talk about this linebacking class, um, a lot of very fluid athletes, um, 
you know, and uh, let's see, Oren Burks ran a 4.59, Jannard uh, Avery, 4.59, uh, Jerome Baker, 4.53. So these were some of the guys that uh, came off the board. Look, Leighton Vander Esch ran a 4.65. So, you know, Fred Warner, another guy who's, who balled out last year, 4.64. Kenny Young ran a 4.6. So when you're talking about guys in this year's draft class, if you're not running a sub 4.6, that's okay. Um, you know, Cody Barton, you know, I thought was very athletic, much more athletic than I, than I was expecting, you know, ran a four, six, four, 40, six, two, 237 pounds. I thought he definitely showed, uh, good, uh, you know, a, a good ability to, um, to turn and run. I thought his lateral quickness was much better than, than I was anticipating, you know, especially, um, you know, at the at the linebacker position, I thought that he was someone. You know, he played played in the same linebacking core as as Chase uh, Chase Hansen, a guy who um, you know was a, a converted safety. So when you're talking about a guy like like Cody Barton playing next to him, um, you weren't expecting him to be quite as athletic. And uh, I thought that he definitely turned some heads there uh, from an athletic standpoint. And uh, let's see, what else can I say? We've got, uh, let's see. Drew Tranquil. Hmm. So yeah, the, the linebacker position, you know, I, I thought Josh Allen you know, showed out very well. One six one ten yard split. Uh, you know, twenty one and a half uh, tackles for loss a season ago. Seven and uh, seventeen and a half sacks. It was very smooth. I thought, especially in the zone drop. Very fluid hips. Uh, out of Josh Allen four seven forty. Um, you know, coming off the edge. You know, and it, so I I think Josh Allen um, solidified himself as a, as a top ten pick when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I was talking about Cody Barton here just a second ago. Um, you know, a guy who can definitely cover tight ends. You know, 116 tackles a season ago, 10 and a half tackles for loss. Um, you know, but really the the show was was Devin Bush and 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 Devin White. Um, you know, I, I thought Devin White. Um, you know, 123 tackles, uh, 12 tackles for loss. You know, a guy who stays low in his own drop, very smooth quick to turn the corner come in after the quarterback um you know i thought that he moves very well laterally you can see that that sideline to sideline speed um you know you talk about him versus a guy like roquan smith you know roquan smith coming off the board number eight overall i think devin bush depending on what what's going to happen there at tampa i think devin uh i'm sorry devin white i think devin white actually has a chance to come off the board at number five there to tampa especially depending on what happens with quan alexander in the todd bulls three four scheme it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think Devin Bush uh, definitely solidified himself as a top 20 pick. I'm looking at the Steelers. You know, Ryan Shazier, you know, going down with the, the horrific injury. And, uh, you know, they haven't been able to replace him in that defense. And I think it's definitely shown uh, in the middle of the defense. Uh, you know, Devin Bush, 80 tackles. You know, nine and a half for loss, five sacks, did a little bit of everything. The Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, very smooth in his transitions. You know, moves very well laterally. Um, you know, can make plays all over the football field. To me, I'm looking at that 20 overall pick. Steelers, take him.
you know, we, you know, the cornerbacks I thought looked a little shaky. Devin Bush does not look, you know, he, he looks like a sure, surefire first round pick to me. Some of the other guys, uh, you know, looking at this, I thought Justin Hollins looked pretty smooth. Um, you know, 14 and a half tackles for loss. Very smooth laterally. You know, a guy, you know, as big as he is, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. And, uh, um, I, I thought he looked pretty fluid for a you know a guy his size. Um, you know, ran a, a four four five forty as well, thirty six and a half inch vertical leap. Um, you know, to me, Justin Hollins is a guy who's definitely helped himself uh, from an athletic standpoint. Um, you know, I mentioned Drew Tranquil, he and, and and Jermaine Pratt are two guys converted safeties. And uh, guys who can turn and run. Look, you know, people are talking about them, you know, as as fringe players. And, and I, I'm sorry, they're going to be mid round picks. They're going to be guys that are, that are going to make rosters because you need to have guys who are going to be able to cover uh, running backs. You're going to have to cover some of the bigger wide receivers, cover the tight ends. These are going to be guys that are going to be able to do that. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback a little bit as well. Um, so I think they definitely showed off some of that athleticism. Uh, some of the guys that I thought looked kind of stiff. Uh, in the drill a little bit. I thought Ryan Conley dropping into coverage, you know, was kind of chopping some of his steps uh, a little bit. Um, I thought that, you know, Porter Gustin out of USC, you know, he missed six games, um, you know, with the ankle injury. I thought, you know, he's a straight line player, looks stiff moving laterally. Um, but a guy, you know, when he was asked to turn the corner and, and, and turn the edge uh, or set the edge, um, and, and turn the corner, rushing the passer, flattening out. I thought that he was able to do that very well, but uh, more of that lateral quickness. I thought he looked kind of stiff with the hips a little bit. Christian Miller, another guy, you know, a straight line player, um, getting after the quarterback, suffered a hamstring injury during the season, eight and a half sacks, um, very stiff, especially when he was dropping into coverage. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle out of, out of Wisconsin. I thought another guy looked very stiff going through the drills. Uh, Tevin Coney, 123 tackles, very productive player, but a guy who I think is very stiff, uh, moving laterally. You know, he does very well moving downhill, shows some speed getting to the outside, but if you ask him to change directions, you know, I, I think he looks very stiff as does, uh, Deshaun Davis, you know, Deshaun Davis, you know, he was playing at, you know, 5'11 and 250 pounds, um, you know, which, you know, is just mind-boggling when you when you think about it. But uh, for him, let's see, what did he measure in at? Measured in 5'11", 234 pounds, so he's actually dropped some weight, uh, which is good. Um, you know, those were the guys that that kind of kind of stood out. Um, you know, from a negative standpoint, um, you know, Sione Takitaki, I thought he, he worked well, but, uh, uh, or was really working hard through the drills, 118 tackles, uh, a season ago, but I thought there was some stiffness in his hips as well. Um, he's a converted defensive end. Um, I thought Bobby Okariki, Cameron, uh, Smith definitely helped themselves, um, showed, the you know, some ability to, to drop into coverage a little bit. I think, you know, I was expecting there to be some stiffness and they actually looked to be a lot more fluid than I was expecting. Um, you know, Terrell Hanks, you know, I thought he was, um, he looked tight, looked very stiff in his, in his 40 time. 
And, uh, you know, that running a 498, you know, didn't really do much in terms of any of the on-field drills. So you really have to wonder what happened there. I'll be curious to see what he does at New Mexico State's Pro Day because it really was was kind of odd. Uh, Joe Giles Harris, another guy, ran a 47540. And you really didn't see much of him in the drills. Um, you know, that was kind of, I was expecting to see a little bit more there. Um, I thought Dakota Allen, you know, even though he ran a 47740, I thought he looked pretty natural with some of his drops. Um, you know, Jeff Allison from Fresno State ran a 48240 um, at just 228 pounds. I think he's going to have to clean that up a bit, um, as is Bryson Allen Williams at 6'1, 236 pounds, ran a 48840. Um, you know, that's that's something that he definitely needs to get short up, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, but looking at the group overall, um, you know, I think Devin White, Devin Bush definitely have helped their case. And, uh, you know, as the edge rushers on the outside, uh, you know, Brian Burns, Chase Winovich, um, Josh Allen, um, I think Jordan Brailford definitely helped himself as well. Um, so this is a draft class to me, you know, I look at a guy like Jakai Polite, not really going through many of the drills. Um, I think that hurts his draft stock overall. So when we talk about the outside linebackers, like Josh Allen, I'm putting him, uh, you know, he's going to definitely be a top five pick. He's my number one guy. But Brian Burns, number two, I think he's really solidified himself at, at that number two spot at the outside linebacker position. Um, you're measuring in at 249 pounds, running a 4 5 three, 40. I think he doesn't get past Green Bay there at number 12. Um, you know, when we're talking about some of these edge guys after that, you know, what's crazy, when you look at the linebacker position, there were a lot of guys that didn't, didn't show up, you know, in terms of the 40 yard, um, you know, the 40 yard dash, um, you know, guys like, uh, let's see at the linebacker position, David Long, you know, a lot of these guys were, you know, at the inside, uh, linebacker position. Um, but even with the edge rushers, you know, we didn't get to see, uh, Cleveland Farrell run a 40. We didn't get to see DeAndre Walker run a 40. DeAndre Walker, 6'2", 251 pounds. Also didn't get to see Austin Bryant at 6'4", 271 pounds. Is he a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? That's really a big question mark there, um, you know, as to where he's going to be playing out on the football field. Um, you know, so really when we're evaluating this edge rusher position, um, I, I think, you know, number three on my list may have to actually be Chase Winovich. I have to put him ahead of Ja'Kai Polite. I thought Ja'Kai Polite um, definitely hurt himself. You know, he's probably going to, um, I, I may even put him below Justin Hollins. I thought Justin Hollins absolutely helped himself. Um, Ja'Kai Polite, you know, if you're looking to take him, you, you're also taking that attitude. Um, you know, I think that's definitely has to be a, a concern and a question mark. Um, I think Jermaine Pratt, Drew Tranquil are guys that I have to move into my top 10. Um, they're at the outside linebacker position. And Blake Cashman, another guy who I thought showed out a lot better um, than I was expecting. You know, I think he's going to be a guy who could play inside or outside. And then, of course, Ben Banigou, um, very athletic, but you know, a guy who struggles to get off blocks. Those are guys that I'm going to be looking at at the outside linebacker position for now. On the inside, it has to start with the Devons. Devin White, Devin Bush. Number one and number two. I think Mac Wilson's still sitting there at number three um, overall in that group. And uh, we were talking about the linebackers that didn't get to, you know, we didn't get to see run the 40. Um, you know, Tevin Coney, Deshaun Davis. Uh, and then a lot of these guys didn't really do much in terms of any drills. You know, TJ Edwards. Um, we didn't get to see didn't get to see Chase Hansen, Rashawn Joseph, Kendall Joseph just looked okay in the drills. Um, you know, no Trey Lamar, no David Long, uh, no Jelani Tavai. 
uh, at Hawaii. So a lot of guys that you really wanted to see compete that didn't actually get a chance to do so. Um, so that was a little frustrating in terms of being able to evaluate some of these guys really, um, you know, confirm some of the assessments that you've seen, you know, Trey Lamar, I really wanted to see what he could do, uh, from an athletic standpoint, you know, six, four, 250 pounds. What could he really do? Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, Ben Burkirvin, you know, definitely helped himself. I have to put him into my top 10. Um, you know, I thought Cody Barton, you know, is another guy who, um, you know, surprised me in terms of his athleticism. I think I have to consider him. Is he an inside linebacker? Is he an outside linebacker? I think that's one of the questions that we're going to have to um, kind of sort through and figure out um, just a little bit. Um, you know, I think Cameron Smith, I think he definitely is, has helped himself. He's somebody that I have to definitely think about there um, in my top 10. Joe Giles Harris is another guy that I want to go ahead and keep in there. Um, and then Khalil Hodge, you know, the production, I know he didn't get an invite to the combine, but I'm still keeping uh, Khalil Hodge in my top 10 because, you know, production has to, stand, you know, that has to mean something uh, at the, the middle linebacker position. And uh, so that's really, you know, those are the guys that I'm kind of keeping an eye on right now. TJ Edwards is another guy. I really want to see what he can do at his pro day. I want to see some of that athleticism out of him, which then takes us to the corners. You know, on Monday, you know, and, and the cornerbacks, you know, competing and you saw a lot of stiffness out of these guys and a lot of the drills, um, very underwhelming overall in terms of this group. Um, so I think that was one of the things that was kind of disappointing, um, especially some of the guys there at the top. I thought Greedy Williams ran in a 4-3-7. You know, this is really where a lot of the speed came from. Um on defense, we had three guys run sub 4-4. Uh, uh, Jamel Dean ran a 4-3 out of Auburn. Mark Fields, you know, didn't even start for Clemson. He ran a 4-3-7 as well. Um, I thought Isaiah Johnson out of Houston ran a 4-4 at 6'2", 208 pounds, uh, the converted wide receiver. Um, he's definitely someone who um, is making people take notice, as is uh, David Long out of uh, Michigan, 4-4, 540. Um, Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson ran a 4-4-6 at 6'1", 199 pounds. Um, you know, Justin Lane, here's a guy who I have to move into my top 10. He's 6'2", 192 pounds out of Michigan, 4-5-40, 33-inch arms, very smooth in his drills. You know, I had 15 pass breakups a season ago, so you know he has good ball skills, uh, good uh, good hands and good feet. Converted wide receiver, um, definitely a guy who's made some money. Um, you know, Lonnie Johnson, you know, I thought he looked decent in terms of some of his fluidity. Um, overall, through some of the drills, ran a 4 5 two, 40. Um, You know, Julian Love and, uh, and Byron Murphy were two guys, ran a 4 5 4 and a 4 5 5, um, respectively. But when you watched him in, in the drills, um, you know, you saw some of that, that fluidity um, with these guys. I thought Byron Murphy was someone who definitely helped himself. Very low in his back pedal, very smooth, um, excellent transition, runs through the ball, um, you know, burst out of his break. You know, those are some of the notes that I had there for Byron Murphy. And then for Julian Love, look, 16 pass breakups a season ago, um, very good hips, um, you know, 13 pass breakups in his career. I mean, that's just an insane number. Um Let's see, who else can I, um, you know, Rock Yasin, look, you know, he, he transferred from Presbyterian um, for his senior season and uh, 12 pass breakups on the year. Very good hips, excellent hands, good feet, um, decent backpedal, 
Um, I think Rocky Asin is definitely someone who's moved his way um, into round one consideration. Six foot, 192 pounds, definitely an, uh, a smooth athlete there um, coming out of Temple. Um, let's see, Trayvon Mullen, I look at some of my notes, didn't always run through the ball. I thought he was slow out of his break at times. Um, because of his length, I think he's going to be someone who's going to be considered for uh, that round two range. But look, only four pass breakups a season ago. Didn't see the ball you know, throwing his way a ton. Was the defensive MVP, you know, six tackles, a sack, interception, forced fumble. Um, but I thought he looked stiff at times in the drills. You know, a guy that really helped helped himself, you know, I mentioned was David Long out of Michigan. Um, you know, tight, you know, quick turns, very fluid with his back pedal. Um, I thought he, he just looked very smooth. Someone who just needs to trust uh, trust his feet a little bit, you know, because he, he was very handsy, um, you know, collegiately. Um, and, and if he can just get those hands and just trust, you know, off and trust his feet, I think, uh, you know, he can end up being a better pro than he was um, a college player. I thought Iman Marshall, um, you know, he was very grabby as a as a corner, um, but he, he showed some some decent uh, movement skills, someone who I think who could definitely move to the safety position. Um, you know, 6'1", 207 pounds, ran a 4'5", 340, 30, uh, 36 pass breakups in his career there at USC. Um, I think he could end up playing safety for a long time in the league. Montre Hardage, um, someone who I think is also going to play safety. Um, over 20 pass breakups, 10 interceptions in his career. Just doesn't have the straight line speed that you're looking for at the cornerback position. Ran a 4.68. Um, you know, Joe Joan Williams. You know, at 6'4", 211 pounds, 4.64, 40. Um, you know, looks stiff um, in the drills as well. It's kind of all over the place with some of his drills, especially getting out of his back pedal. Um, he's someone who could be in consideration as a um, potential safety. I thought Mark Fields looked pretty good. You know, he's he was in that defensive backfield with uh, Trayvon Mullen and AJ Terrell, who's going to be in next year's draft. Um, but he ran a, that four three seven forty, uh, was low in his back pedal, very fluid as an athlete. He may be a better pro than he was a college player. Um, you know, Hamp Cheevers, you know, a guy who you know when you look at his his lack of overall size, you're expecting to see a much better 40 time from him. 5'9", 169 pounds, ran a 4'5", 240. You're looking to, for him to be in that 4'3", 4'4", range um, you know, at that size if you really want him to play the nickel. Um, Sean Bunting, I thought, tested very well. Um, you know, I, I, he wasn't all that spectacular in, in a lot of the drills, but um, ran a 4'4", 240, 41.5-inch vertical leap. Um, so definitely a guy that, that jumped off the board from a, um, the drill standpoint. Uh, I'm sorry, from the, the testing standpoint. Um, let's see. Blaze Brown um, you know, ran a very slow 40 time. Um, ran a 4.75, you know, 6 foot, 194 pounds. You know, a, a guy who can definitely play the ball. You know, he has 12 interceptions in his career. But uh, just hasn't been the same type of guy, same type of player. Uh, didn't get to start a ton of games there at Troy, a senior season, coming back off of that knee injury. Uh, Chris Boyd, I thought, ran well. You know, 16 pass breakups, very physical corner, uh, but a guy who gets a lot into trouble because of you know, that physicality. You know, he, he needs to get his hands off of the receivers, frankly. Um, 4 4 five, 40, though, um, ran a lot better than I think people were expecting. Um, Let's see, Corey Ballantyne out of Washburn, 447, 40, uh, 5'11", 196 pounds. Um, you know, popped up 
out of his stance, I thought a little bit, um, you know, making the, the, the turn um, out of his back pedal, you know, to turn and run. And then DeAndre Baker, you know, uh, 40 tackles a season ago, 10 pass breakups. I thought he looked smooth in his back pedal and, and some of the turns, um, you know, and, and I thought overall he, he looked looked pretty smooth overall. Um, but a four five two forty, you know, you don't don't really want to see that out of your 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 corner running a four five two. Um, but at the same time, you know, Byron Murphy to me, um, you know, in at least from the drills, he was much quicker than he than he timed. Um, I think his football speed, you know, same with Julian Love. I thought the football speed definitely um, takes them to another level. Um, Byron Murphy to me is my number one overall corner. Um, you know, I thought Greedy Williams. I've kind of saved him for last. 33 tackles, nine pass breakups, eight uh, career interceptions. He was high in his back pedal. You know, I thought he was kind of all over the place. He was flat-footed, you know, some of the time coming off the lines. Um, or coming off the line, he looks stiff, you know, in some of his turns. Um, you know, and, and to me, you know, the, the separation that you saw on a lot of the, the quick slants, you know, they were talking about it on the, the telecast there, um, for, uh, the NFL network, um, a lot of throws in front of him, you know, that's something that I saw quite a bit, you know, he, he could stay with people on their, their deep routes, you know, running that four, three, seven, forty. it was effortless, effortless with the closing speed, but it was one of those things to where if you're standing flat footed, with the receiver in front of you, um, you know, a lot of times, especially, you know, if he was sloppy with his footwork, you know, there are going to be a lot of, you know, guys who are going to be able to cut off the routes in front of him, um, snap off those routes and create separation in front of him. And you saw that quite a bit um, in his, in his senior season. If we look at the cornerback position from a season ago, if we just sort by the 40 time, you know, let's see Dante Jackson, um, Denzel Ward each ran a four three two. Denzel Ward, you'll remember, you know, thirty nine inch vertical leap, one hundred thirty six inch broad jump. Um, he was someone who went number four overall to the Cleveland Browns. I don't think we have anyone that's going to go that high in this year's draft. Jair Alexander ran a four three eight forty. Um, just uh, you know, a, a, as a comparison here, as we move down. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, 446. JJ Jackson ran a 44640. Uh, Isaiah Oliver ran a 45. Um, you know, Carl, Carlton Davis, the physical corner, ran a 453. Mike Hughes, 453. Um, Josh Jackson ran a 456. So, you know, when you're talking about these these times, um, you know, the 40 times, Rock Yasin running a 451. Ju- Justin Lane running a 45. Um, and Julian Love and Byron Murphy running the four five four and four five five, not the end of the world, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, when you're getting into some of these slower times, um, you know, the, those are the the players. You know, like Tavares McFadden ran a four six seven forty at the combine, and ended up not getting himself drafted. So if we're looking at some of the guys down at the lower end here, you know, Blaze Brown, Joan Williams, Jamal Peters, you know, those guys running the four six four. You know, four, six, three, you know, those are guys that are going to have to clean that up a little bit um, if they want to get themselves drafted as a corner. You know, teams may look at them as, as safeties. Um, you know, I thought Montre Hardage running the four, six, eight, very slow time. But if you look at him, you know, as a safety, that may actually make some sense. Um, so if we talk about the cornerback position and where I'm at, 
Um, I think I have to put Byron Murphy number one overall. Um, you know, after that, I think I'd probably put uh, Rock Yasin next. You know, I, I think in terms of the fluidity, much more fluid than Greedy Williams. Um, I think I put Greedy Williams number three. DeAndre Baker number four. Um, Julian Love at number five. Well, actually, I'd probably put Justin Lane and then Julian Love. And then from there, you're looking at Trayvon Mullen. And, uh, you know, I, I think Isaiah Johnson is someone that you have to put into consideration there. I think I'd probably put him actually ahead of, of Trayvon Mullen. I think his best football is ahead of him um, at, at this point. Um, so those are definitely some guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye on there at the at the cornerback position. And then Jamel Dean, um, definitely somebody who, you know, with, with the explosive times, I think he's definitely helped himself. Um, you know, someone who could end up being taken in the, you know, the, the second day of the draft. And then finally, the safety position. You know, if we look at the, at the 40 time, you know, Zedrick Woods, you know, running the 4-2-9, um, you know, blazing speed. But uh, I think Darnell Savage definitely helped himself running a 4-3-6. Um, Juan Thornhill showed some speed at a 4-4-2. Uh, jo- uh, Jonathan Abram running a 4-4-5, uh, and then Chauncey Gardner running a 4-4-8. Uh, you know, he's definitely someone who people haven't been talking about too much, but Chauncey Gardner uh, Johnson, to me, uh, has kind of solidified himself as as a top safety in this draft. I think Jonathan Abram running the 4-4-5 much faster than I thought he was going to be. Um, so to me, when I look at him, he's someone who's definitely improved his uh, his draft stock as well and could potentially find himself in the first round when uh, when it's all said and done. Um, a lot of guys didn't run the 40. Uh, Taylor Rapp didn't run the 40. Um, Nasir Adderley um, didn't run the 40. Those are two guys that are in, in consideration for the first round. Obviously, Deontay Thompson with his injury um, didn't compete at all in any of the drills. Um, you know, one of the things that was interesting that they were talking about at the, you know, on the NFL network, you look at a guy like Marduel Tell, 6'2", 198 pounds, um, 42 inch vertical leap, you know, jumped out of the building with a 136 inch, um, broad jump, which was, you know, equaled what Denzel Ward did a season ago. And, uh, you know, he, he was someone who missed a lot of tackles. Um, I thought he was in position, you know, a lot, but he did miss some tackles there over the top. He's somebody who I think could actually transition to to the corner. I agree with them. They were talking about he was potentially a guy who could do that, and I would actually agree with that assessment 100%. Um, let's see, Nasir Adderley, you know, measuring in at six foot, 206 pounds. Um, I think he's someone to me. I still think he's a second round pick. Um, you know, playing uh, again some of the top talent there at the senior bowl. I think he got exposed a little bit. Um, but from his instincts, you know, I think that may ultimately end up getting him drafted in round one. I think Juan Thornhill absolutely helped himself, um, showing off his athleticism, his ability to cover. I thought he looked pretty smooth in the drills. He and Darnell Savage, um, you know, so when you're talking about fluidity, you know, how quick are these guys? Can they get in and out of their breaks? Um, I thought Taylor Rapp also did that as well. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about safeties and you know, we look at last year's safety crop, um, you know, obviously Troy Apke 
you know, turned everybody's heads with that 4 3 4 40. But, you know, Justin Reed ran a 4 4. Uh, Trey Flowers actually, you know, uh, got playing time as a, as a corner, ran a 4 4 5 40, um, you know, and, and showed off some athleticism there. And, uh, you know, so I think that's why Marvell Tell makes some sense. Derwin James ran a 4 4 7. Uh, Jesse Bates ran a 4 5. Um, you know, so these are some of the guys that came off early, you know, off the board. Um, definitely some guys that jump out. Um, so when you're talking about this year's safety class and, and where my rankings are, I think, you know, Jonathan Abram, Chauncey Garner, Johnson, and, and Nasir Adderley are my top three. Um, I think the reason why I've got Chauncey Gardner Johnson uh, ranked ahead of everybody is his ability to play multiple positions. I think he can play, you know, either safety position. I think he can play the nickel. I think that versatility is, is really something that you want to see. Um, I think John Jonathan Abram, best pure safety, a guy who's going to come downhill and hit you. Um, I think uh, Nasir Adderley showing some uh, the instincts. And then Taylor Rapp um, right there as well. I think Taylor Rapp, you know, the uh, ability to, again, play a lot of different positions. You know, he can line up over tight ends. Um, he can play, you know, too high. Um, you know, I think he can play in the box. You know, um, Juan Thornhill is, is another one. Um, I think he's probably in my top five now at this point. I think Deontay Thompson, you know, what he did early on in the year turned everybody's heads. But, you know, I think he's kind of dropping a little bit in the draft just based on, you know, teams figured him out and he really got exposed quite a bit. And, uh, you know, one year of, of really... Um, you know, on-field action, and so his stock is kind of dropping a little bit. I think a guy like Darnell Savage out of Maryland, um, you know, played well against uh, you know um, Dwayne Haskins. Um, he's a guy, again, with that 40 time, you know, shows off that athleticism. He's another guy that's moving up. So I think, you know, really when I'm talking safeties, I think Gardner-Johnson, Abram, Adderley, Rapp, um, Thornhill-Savage, and Thompson after that. Um, you know, I think those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at there um, for the safeties overall. So that's really, you know, what I, I took out of the out of the combine overall, you know, in terms of, you know, some guys that definitely made some money and some of the guys that were really exposed um, from a stiffness standpoint and uh, guys who are going to have a hard time making transitions to the next level. Um, so really the next step in the Ready for the Draft podcast will be free agency. It's set to begin on Wednesday. So really what I want to do is, after those first few days, really take a look at what that does to the draft. You know, especially when we're talking about the first round of the draft and really, you know, the focus of the the teams later on. Um, After the combine, my top 10 looks like this. Arizona, number one overall, taking Kyler Murray. Number two, San Francisco, Nick Bosa. I think they need that edge rusher. You look at number three, uh, the the Jets. I think the Jets end up going Quinn and Williams to pair up with Leonard Williams on the inside uh, in that 4-3 scheme. Oakland at number four, taking Josh Allen. They get their pass rusher. Uh, that way they can focus on you know other um, other needs later on in the draft. At number five, Tampa Bay. I think ultimately um, 
this is a pick that could go one of a, of, of a few directions. Um, I think at the end of the day, this is going to end up being, um, gosh, I had Montez sweat in my head uh, for quite some time, and I think I'm actually changing this pick, and I'm going Devin White. Giants at number six, Dwayne Haskins, that may actually be at number three when it's all said and done, but we'll see. Um, at number seven, the Jaguars taking, um, you know, I, I had them taking Jawan Taylor. I think that ultimately, um, you know, when you've got some of these pass rushers out there, you know, Montez Sweat and, and Rashawn Gary, I think those are two guys that may be too, too much for them to pass on. But I think at the end of the day, they do go with uh, Jawan Taylor uh, at number eight, you've got Detroit. I think Detroit ends up taking Montez Sweat. At number nine, you've got the Bills. And the Bills are going to be looking potentially defensive tackle with Ed Oliver. I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, but they also need that wide out. And I think DK Metcalf makes a lot of sense. They were close to, sign, to, to trading for uh, Antonio Brown. I think they're looking for a receiver to pair up there. I think that's ultimately where he goes. And then at number 10, Denver Broncos. I think Denver ends up taking Drew Locke. They needed that quarterback of the future. Um, you know, Cincinnati sitting there at, at number eleven. I said I was going to do the top ten, but you know, if we go into into Cincinnati, um, you know, without Devin White there on the board, I think they end up either looking offensive line or to the tight end position. And at the end of the day, I think T.J. Hawkinson ends up coming off the board to Cincinnati, which means Green Bay sitting there at number twelve. Um, goes with Brian Burns, which then means at number 13, you've got the Miami Dolphins. If they've already traded for, for Josh Rosen, they're not looking quarterback. I think they end up going Rashawn Gary. And then sitting there at number 14, you've got uh, Atlanta. I think, uh, you know, Grady Jarrett, you know, you, you, not sure what's going to happen there. I think you end up going Ed Oliver there at number 14 overall. Um, so that's kind of, you know, how my, my, my first round really, really shakes out, you know, in, in the, in the top half of the, of the first round, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things to where, you know, we still need to see what we're going to see out of, uh, free agency and a lot can change there in the top half of that first round. Um, you know, I think, you know, 15 Washington can go in a number of different directions. Um, that's going to be a pick that's going to really depend on what happens in front of them. Um, you know, and, and depending on, on who's out there, you know, you could, uh, you could potentially see a quarterback. You know, I, I think that could be where Montez Sweat or, or Rashawn Gary ends up. Um, you know, and I think Carolina at number 16, if they don't go Garrett Bradbury, I, you know, I'm, 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 would be shocked. I think that's a, a natural fit for them there. Um, so that's really where I see my, my top half of the first round going at this point. Um, so we'll see where we're at after the first week of uh, a free agency. We'll talk again in another week. Um, so for readyforthedraft.com, this is the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am Greg Schutz. Until next time, take care, everyone, and I am out of here.